That is very nerdy preamble. Uh, uh, listeners will just that's just lost to the ether now. That super nerdy fucking like how much abuse can a processor take? Uh, discussion. You know. Yeah, just like talking about overclocking and like voltages and stuff is super yeah. interesting. So like <laughs> the niche that I'm interested in being in, but like nobody else whatsoever. Like, <laughs> me and like five other people on tech YouTube, I guess. Yeah, so. I fucked with like overclocking here and there, but for the most part, like I just don't need to for my application. So I just tend to run shit stock. If I'm pushing like Blender renders real hard and I want them to like get done in like shortish order, I will go in and like overvolt like some like to minor overclocks the processor and video card but yeah. video card i have in there right now doesn't have a ton of headroom on it anyway so it's like fair what are you gonna do let's do this shit oh yeah i'm the fucking host this week aren't i welcome <laughs> back everybody i wouldn't have made you watch this movie trust me <laughs> but not have been my choice welcome back to dance robot dance listeners this is the 252nd episode of our weekly podcast where we discuss all things nerdy and geeky from a decidedly not safe work point of view i am tim i'm going to be hosting this week and with me i've got my partner in crime mark what's going on everybody not a whole lot fucking our stay-at-home order just got extended another couple weeks for the whole fucking province yeah i wasn't paying attention i can't fucking listen to that guy talk anymore so i'm just like i I wait for like the tweets to come out like a couple hours later when everybody's super fucking upset it's just like all right (laughs) they finally fucking figured out that they can't like open parts of the province and not the other because people have cars yeah (laughs) especially on like you you would think especially ontarians who are pretty prone to driving very long distances to do shit you know what i mean like and all you know the majority of us are all packed within relatively easy driving distance well that's what i mean like it's an hour for me to get to toronto like from yeah. st Catharines, which is like really when you in the grand scheme of things fucking nothing really yeah. you know what i mean like if i want to go downtown or whatever but like i mean i haven't been because what the fuck's there to do downtown but like in general yeah most of us live within like an hour of the gta so like mm-hmm. whoops yeah. You know, <laughs> we're going to close something like we're going to close Toronto. The Toronto people just go outside the city or yeah, we're closing like, okay, Hamilton. Well. Hamilton goes to fucking Oakville, you know, like that's it's ugh, yeah. I don't know. Or they come down here, I guess, too. Like we, we get plague rats from the city yeah. in Hamilton, too. So, no, don't say that word. That, that's the term that got me fucking put in Facebook jail for a month. Put me in fucking Facebook jail. <laughs> I fucking dare you like I give a shit. I'm sure that they scan our podcast that we link to on Facebook. Oh, yeah offensive terms because at this point we've slandered facebook more than we've slandered almost anybody else and we slander mm-hmm. tons of people constantly on this show so like absolutely <laughs> facebook is at the top of my list for slander and i use their instagram stuff to like sell my shit too so yeah. but no. <laughs> no 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 you don't get past me mark fuck zuckerberg, you, zuckerberg. Yeah. yeah man fuck anyway that we've got a bit of like let's say movie comfort food for you this week a cult classic to talk about but first let's get into this week's news did have one, I guess, sort of fandom death this week. Uh, Charles Grodin, who people will know from the Beethoven movies, the Muppet, Great Muppet Caper. And I mean, he did other stuff on top of that, but that's kind of what I remember him from. He died this week at age 86. So, I mean, that's he's very, very 80s guy, right? Like, Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was even like, wait, wait, what is he in? I can't remember anymore. I had to go look. So, yeah. No, that's sad. Because there's that illustrator, the Japanese guy, who did that, the Berserker anime that everybody's Ber- talking Berserk, about. Berserk, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, like, that guy passed. He was very young, too, like 58. And I was just, like, reading what he, what killed him. It was, like, stress. In, it's basically a stress-induced heart attack, right, from anxiety yeah, and shit. Because like, their order just fucking, like, ate itself. And I was like, oh, that's that that sounds like how I'm going to go. Like, there it is. <laughs> like, that sounds like it. You know, like, at the drawing board, just... <laughs> <laughs> fuck. 
rough, but yeah, I felt bad. <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't think that's possible with the amount of weed that you consume, though. I don't know. Like Kev said like it helped him, so like that's what I was. I'm kind of banking on like what <laughs> Kev did too. Or he's like, I was so high, I couldn't like actually have a real heart attacks. I was not that stressed because I was high. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a way to live your life. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, Let's do exactly. It. In overall media conglomerate news, uh, AT and T announced that it's spinning off Warner Media, which is the branch of their company that includes HBO, to combine with Discovery to make this new media company. Uh, that will be like a $43 billion merger. I don't know. The only thing I can only hope that at this point, anything that happens with AT&T Warner in terms of a shakeup can only lead to improvements. That's fingers crossed. That's the only thing I saw in this story was like, maybe somebody good will like kind of land in there in the interim, but, yeah. and they're still giving JJ Abrams stuff to do. So I don't know what to tell you anymore. Yeah. True. Speaking of which, one of the things that they announced that Warner announced this week was that they're going to be doing a new Batman animated series, which uh, Bruce Tim is going to be involved with and JJ Abrams and Matt Reeves, the director of the Batman. So they're all going to executive produce a new series for HBO max uh, and cartoon network. That's going to be called Batman caped crusader. Now, do they just refuse to back up that dump truck of money to Paul Dini and get the boy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how, busy paul dini is these days he's not doing much of anything for the big two that i've yeah, seen yeah so. he hasn't been working for i haven't seen any comic work from him since he left dc that one time so i'm not sure he was doing that madame mirage thing was that him i think so maybe and then after that like I, yeah he just kind of vanished off the off the map there i'm like especially in this instance where like you got bruce tim back in here you're relaunching a batman cartoon like mm-hmm. maybe call the other guy who was like you know writing it like yeah. that, that's a big part of the responsibility for the reason why that show is as good as it was yeah. like i love bruce tim's art style but paul dini really like like at paul dini alan burnett like that writing staff really brought a lot to that show and yeah yeah you're never going to get back to that unless you have those kinds of guys around so yeah. and the description here is relatively generic the only thing that they kind of hinted at is that they're going to take the character sort of back to its noir detective roots and the, the teaser art that they released uh, looks very much like those early incarnations of Batman's costume. So that could be interesting. They're actually doing that in one of the comics right now, Batman Superman, which I think is written by Philip Tan and being drawn by uh, Ivan Rice or Ray's. I don't know. I'm, I'm not super up to date on what's going on with uh, Batman and the DCU right okay. now. I'm always like, I, I'm always like six months behind where right. Like the bleeding edges. So. so this is part of like their new omniverse concept, which was part of the fallout of the Dark Knight's Death Metal crossover. But they're playing more with some of these different iterations of the characters. So they've got like a golden age kind of version of Superman and a golden age kind of version of Batman that are interacting with each other. So just in this one book, that's it's kind of contained to that for now. So, But that's always been the way like those Batman, Superman titles have been right it's kind of been self-contained apart from everything else the only time i can remember it not being that was when it was jeff Loeb and ed mcginnis in like the early 2000s and it was like president lex and stuff like that was more yeah, like yeah, yeah big chunk of like justice league continuity happening in there but otherwise yeah those are usually like off on their own yeah. so i mean great anyways that series sounds interesting yeah uh, we also did get an announcement for a superman animated series called my adventures with superman it looks a lot more kid focus basically it looks young adult focus i'll kind of say it's like lois and clark and jimmy in their early career kind of days 
again, this is one that's going to go on to HBO Max and Cartoon Network. The voice cast is interesting. They actually did announce voice cast for this. Clark Kent is going to be voiced by Jack Quaid, who's the lead on The Boys. Uh, and Jimmy Olsen, they haven't announced a voice on. Actually, that's the only voice I think they announced. Oh, no, did uh, they not announce the voice, right? Alice Lee. Uh, I don't okay. know who that is, though. I'm not familiar with her, is voicing Lois. So, I mean, it's the Superman animated series. We'll see, you know, it's it'll just matter if I'm going to watch it as to whether it's sort of an all ages kind of thing like the Superman animated series was or if it's very much we're gearing this towards, you know, young adults and kids kind of thing. Uh, it looked interesting, like in terms of just like the young career, like the the young Superman, like young Lois, young Clark kind of thing, especially like a modern, a very modern like update on it and stuff. So mm-hmm. actually I was more curious about that just in terms of like the art style than I was on like, we're going back to Bruce Tim and doing like that over again kind of thing. Yeah. Like that. I was like, Oh, the art style cool. looks very much like uh, the, that Superman versus the clan, like little graphic. Yeah. Novel yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I think Jean Lin Yang drew and wrote, yeah. So, which was a solid book. Again, it was kind of aimed more at younger audiences, but still was was a cool take on the character and nice to fucking see Superman punching Nazis. But this has an interesting lineage. Like the people that are producing this are somebody from Invader Zim, somebody from Voltron Legendary Defender, and somebody from the new Shira series that's been getting all kinds of press mm-hmm. and props. So that's a that's a good good hybrid of people that they've got working on it anyways. Yeah, I mean, it's like... Anything to bring a fresh voice to that DC stuff at this point. Speaking of, we've got directors announced for the Batgirl movie. Again. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This time it is Adil El Arbi and Bilal Fala, who were the directors of the recent Bad Boys sequel, Bad Boys for Life. Oh, Lord, that's not a good sign. They also worked. They also did some work on Ms. Marvel as well. Okay, good. Because, yeah, banking it on that third bad boys movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I assume that they're, they're leveraging this off of the back of working on Ms. Marvel. So I hope so. Yeah. How, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. That third bad boys movie was rough. <laughs> <laughs> then we got an announcement of a Rick and Morty spinoff series. Cause what everybody wants out of a Rick and Morty series is, you know, content that doesn't involve Rick and Morty, which is a, spin-off series wait 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 you're, you're saying this is a guy who watched krypton like who watched a, a, a tv a superman tv show without super also you watched superman. gotham which is a fucking batman show without batman and until like the last bruce episode. wayne <laughs> oh fuck that let's yeah, be okay. honest the villains in batman books are like at least half of the reason that most people read batman books fair. that's fair yeah <laughs> and that's that's, that's cool. what gotham was all about Krypton, yeah, I have no fucking teeth for it. Yeah, you have nothing on Krypton. Absolutely, yeah. There's a couple of those where you've... you've I mean, even Smallville, to a certain extent, is kind of the same thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I watched all that shit. See, but I learned my fucking lesson. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so this is based off of the Rick and Morty episode, Vindicators 3, The Return of World Ender. So it's basically a Vindicators like animated miniseries, web series. Oh. All right. So with characters such as Supernova, Vance Maximus, Alan Rails... Crocubot and Noob Noob. I don't know if I need Dan Harmon's take on like the Avengers, but I'm at least curious enough that I'll kind of probably look at it when it comes out. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if uh, they haven't even, I don't think they even said that fucking Dan Harmon was actually going to be involved in this, but. Well, if I have to be the only way they get me involved in this, probably. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, maybe I have to bring that writing staff along 
for the ride because otherwise like what's the point yeah. like that's i mean like yeah exactly like you want rick and morty without rick and morty and you want anything rick and, you're not going to get the quality of rick and morty if it's written by somebody who's not dan Harmon, dan Justin Harmon, yeah. so i was like well, well i mean no they've at the, i mean they created they that show but they have yeah, a writer's room right yeah, but I still feel like it needs to be filtered through that brain for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there needs to be somebody sort of steering the ship that, you know, making sure everything stays mostly on course kind of thing. And I feel like yeah. that is Harmon and, and Royland yeah. as the creators. On the other side of the street in Marvel, the we got a couple of directors for the Secret Invasion series. They are... Oh, I didn't recognize the names when I looked at the no, story. No, neither so. did I. Thomas Bazooka... Uh, from Let Him Go and Ali Semin from er, Selen from The Looming Tower. I don't know. Yeah, it was like the two people that directed a bunch of stuff that I'd never seen. So I was yeah, like, exactly. well, all right, I'll take your word for it. Kevin Feige kind of like is pretty good at vetting his people. So well, we'll and see. really, th- those shows are more about who the showrunner is than they are necessarily who's directing individual episodes, kind of thing. Yeah. And that's what these. As like the interviews that kind of followed up WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier have kind of, yeah, shown that it's, it's very much like the head writer who's kind of directing the ship on those shows which is good because i mean like at the end of the day it's you want that unified vision coming Mm -hmm. from somewhere so the uh, avengers campus at disneyland is about to open in a couple of weeks and they released this little tidbit that i'm not too happy about about the spider-man ride basically you can ride it Basically, they're letting you buy things that let you change your experience with the ride. It's one of these rides where, like, you ride through and you shoot stuff as you go. And by default, it's web because it's a Spider-Man ride. But you can buy these little upgrades that, like, go on your hands. Like, you buy, like, basically a, like, Palm Blaster, like a Iron Man repulsor piece kind of thing that will instead make you shoot, like, repulsor blasts. And there's a, a few others as well. You can get one rescue pepper potts's character yep. you can get one from her as well and then i think a different kind of web shooter as well but yeah these things are like 35 bucks for like the base piece and this is all in fucking us dollars too and then like 30 bucks for each of the upgrades that you want to add to it and it just seems like a fucking really blatant money grab that these things won't do fucking anything when you get them home except look like cheap pieces of plastic on your shelf. Yeah. No, this is one of those like Disney parks things that's way outside my wheelhouse. So But I mean it's it's Marvel yeah. and it's it's like you're gonna be able to go hang out, you know, in an in, in the MCU. I saw the ride, it looks cool, but I'm just I like yeah, I don't know. It sounds like cheat codes, like paid cheat codes almost for this whatever. But it's like what is it what is this ride? Is it just like an interactive thing? Yeah, so the 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 overview of the ride, it's this the acronym of this it's called Web Slingers of Spider-Man Adventure. You are helping this lab called Web W E B. I can't remember what it stands for. It's one of those things where like you are on a probably on a tour or something like that, and something goes wrong and a villain attacks, and then they recruit you to help defeat the villain kind of thing. Yay. So I don't know. I mean, it looks like fun. It'll be like a you know big 3D ride and probably pretty interactive. And, you know, it, it sounds like it's going to keep score, too. And that's what they've said is like Disney hasn't said yet whether having these upgrades is going to give you any advantage in terms of your score on the game or whatever. Even what do you get with the score? Like what? Nothing. Is it just bragging rights? Probably not. Fun? Well, cares, then? They, they keep they keep like toying with the idea. And they said this with Galaxy's Edge, too, that like you'd be able to. For instance, like on Smuggler's Run, it's like 
basically a live action video game while you're piloting the Millennium Falcon. And at the end of it, like you get a score based on how well you piloted or how well you use the weapons or that kind of thing, depending on what your role is. There's three different roles. And then what they had said was like, then you'll go around the world and some of the people that you will interact with, because everybody has these like RFID uh, magic bands that they're wearing on their wrist that should then associate your score with you. And then that some of the cast members, like the people, the population of Batu, will like be able to tell somehow how well you did on the ride and will like compliment you or maybe berate you a little bit kind of thing, depending on your, your performance. What a world we live in, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> that is basically all I have to say about that at this point. Anyways, it's just... I, I am excited for Avengers Campus for sure. My sister's actually going to be going to Disneyland next spring for a wedding. So we'll see. Well, she uh, should hopefully be able to report back on Avengers Campus because I probably won't. I don't know when I'll get to go back to Disneyland again. Yeah. Yeah, never been. So, you know, one day I got to get there for the Avengers thing at, at this point. Like that needs to be like the reason I go, I guess. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm just really excited about the animatronic, like acrobatic things where they're going to have like Spider-Man animatronic that they're going to like launch above your head and it'll that do like slings. floats in midair and shit like that. And yeah, yeah I yeah. saw that. That looks cool. It sounds dangerous also, but like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're fast approaching itchy and scratchy land. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know. Let's see, another Marvel news this week. Uh, Looking back to Doctor Strange, Kevin Feige basically admitted what everybody else knew all along, which was that it was a bad idea to whitewash the character of... Shit, what was the character? The The ancient ancient one. one. uh, Who was traditionally a Tibetan person, Tibetan monk, basically. And then they cast Hilda Swinton in it, and everybody's like, why did you do that? Mm. And I mean, realistically speaking, it is because they wanted the movie to do well in China. and Yes, and... uh, (laughs) Also, Which, Tilda Swinton is a bankable star, too, right? So yeah. they, they probably thought everybody would just be like, oh, it's Tilda Swinton, it's fine, like, and not hand wave it, as opposed to being like, yeah. wait, what the fuck, guys? But at least Kevin Feige at least had some hindsight on that and was like, yeah, that's something we that I regret doing in yeah. looking back kind of thing. And I mean, part of that right now might have to do with the fact that the Shang-Chi trailers are apparently getting panned pretty heavily in China right now because they hate everything Western and don't want american movies about chinese characters in their fucking country sure sure i don't know like the appetites of the chinese movie going have been the subject of much discussion the last couple years and it's like you don't really know what they want you know what i mean like it's kind of like so hard to predict i mean they tried to appeal to them by putting you know a couple asian characters into star wars and they still didn't fucking care about star wars yeah it's it's funny because like the transformers movies do really well over there and i'm like is it just because it's just like noisy action and that's kind of what like they're they're there for the (laughs) ride more than they're there for like I've obviously, you know what no, I mean. They're, they're definitely there for the high quality writing. And well, no, I mean, movies. yeah, in terms of the Transformers movies, absolutely, you're <laughs> kind of there for the ride at that point. But I mean, like that seems to be what does well over there, as opposed to like mm-hmm. any, like even the Marvel movies don't traditionally do like amazing over there, right? Like they do okay, but they don't do like gangbusters yeah. business. So like, still big market for them. You know, yeah, absolutely, lose for sure. Absolutely, they, it's definitely when they've been having a hard time, kind of like wrapping their head around. Yeah historically like everybody not just like marvel but like yeah the dc movies don't even get played over there like they have a hard time getting those over there and then like the, yeah. the star wars movies like star wars is huge everywhere except for like china like china does not give a shit about star wars whatsoever yeah and then there'll be shit that will totally fucking bomb here that will do fucking gangbusters business in china oh yeah yeah like that uh really like gods of egypt movie that we all like oh, laughed God. about like that yeah. was a huge hit over there mm-hmm. apparently it's just, like, i think it's, it's just a spectacle 
think that's what, I, that's what yeah. I was saying. That's what it is. I think it's just, they like the spectacle. Yeah. Because um, like they I don't know how much they're understanding, right? Of yeah. well, presumably like, they're they're fucking dubbing or putting subtitles well, it's on subtitle, obviously. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, they I mean, they don't have the cultural hard to understand to begin with. <laughs> so China is such an insular nation and culture that a lot of these people probably don't have the cultural knowledge. It's pro- it's it's like me fucking watching anime. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I watch anime and I'm like, I know that there's cultural references and knowledge that I'm missing that would help me to enjoy this more, but it still fucking looks pretty. So I'm along for the ride. A lot of the time, it, like with anime, it's like, I'm just looking at the drawing. Like, like it, it becomes that a lot. Like yeah. it becomes more of like a technical exercise and it becomes like, I'm watching this for the story. So I, which I get. And I, I guess in that way, that kind of makes sense, right? Like if they're just going for like, look at all this money, you know what I mean? <laughs> they spent on screen. Look like how cool this looks fine. Yeah. Great. I don't know. Uh, we got an announcement that Attack the Block 2 is finally happening. So did you watch the original Attack the Block? Negative. It's actually really fucking good. I, In terms of like an indie sci-fi horror kind of movie, it was done really well. And this is basically the movie that made John Boyega famous. Yeah, I was I, I, like, I, in retrospect, I meant to watch it, but it was just one of those ones I kind of like missed somehow. Yeah. I don't know. I missed it when it first came out. I think it was a couple of years after the fact that I ended up going back and watching it. And it, it's just just a fucking fun ride. I would say, you know, it's and it's developed kind of a cult following somewhat like our, our topic tonight has. That I've noticed that it, like it gets brought up a fair bit. Like, where's the sequel? Like, where's when's this happening? Or like, yeah. where, can we get more? So I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. When the sequel comes around, then maybe I'll watch the original and see what's up, I guess. Yeah, and John Boyega is tied to this. He's actually producing it or co-producing oh, okay. it. So he's so. is he coming back to act in it too? Then I don't know. I don't know what the original was, so uh I don't know if he's like, yeah, I don't know there, if his character nothing... died or whatever. Like he might have died in the movie. I have no fucking idea what happened in the movie. Never seen yeah, it. I, so. I wouldn't be Either I way. would imagine they'll fucking put Boyega back in it because he was you know, he's a really bankable name right now, but yeah. We'll yeah. We will see. We got an announcement for casting in Tim Burton's Wednesday Adam series. It is uh, Jenna Ortega, who I'm not familiar with, but she is a Latina actress. And people have been like clamoring for a Latina Wednesday. I mean, fucking like if you look back at the Adam's Family movies with Raul Julia, everybody's like, yeah, this is clearly a fucking Hispanic family. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, like Raul Julia. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, so, I mean, that's cool. I'm glad that there's some representation happening there, especially in something involving Tim Burton, who ha- historically has... Yeah, he's got some issues with that kind of yeah, stuff. Absolutely. exactly. Historically cast very fucking white movies. I hope he fucking still gets Christina Ricci to play Morticia. I feel like that's casting that's just, like, made, like, yeah, to happen. And, and then just get... I mean, what's his name? Did the voice already, I think? Was that... The animated series was that? Oh, uh, Diego Luna? No, not Diego Luna. No, no, uh, not Diego Luna. The other Star Wars, uh, yeah. Oscar Isaac. <laughs> Oscar Isaac. Was, I think it was Oscar Isaac, was it not? Like yeah, uh, 2019 cast. Hold on, let me just pull yep. it up real quick here. Do you believe you're correct? Uh, yeah, Oscar. Yeah, Oscar Isaac. So, like, just keep Oscar Isaac. Yep. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, well, I don't know how much I, I, this is going to focus on Wednesday. So I'm, I'm surely they'll they'll bring them in unless they decide to do it like a fucking Krypton or, or oh, a yeah. fucking Gotham kind of situation. Or See whatever, that or it's right? like it's Wednesday finally goes to college or something like that. And like yeah. it's Wednesday's college adventure, which would be different. But like still, I think if you're going to like do the Adams family, like at least cast some people that would be cool to see. It's supposed to be like a coming of age thing. And I think it's her at like a private school. 
Okay. So, yeah, I guess that gives them an excuse to not have the rest of the Adams family in it too, too much. Well, that's the fucking point, then. I don't understand. <laughs> At least have Pugsley be in the same fucking school and just, like, wreaking havoc. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'm kind of hoping for a sequel to the animated one that came out, like, I think it was last year, 2019. It's pretty good. Yeah. Cast was I think, good. I think they announced a sequel to that. Did they? I don't know. I enjoyed it, so we'll see. Or Adams Family. Adams Family good stuff. That'll be one of my uh, Halloween watches this year will be that yeah. uh, Adam's Family series. Was it a series or a movie? No, it was just a movie, like 90 movie. minutes. Right, right. Yeah, I blasted through it. It was great. Yeah. I had a good time with it. Martin Short's in there. How can you go wrong? Martin Short. It's true. It's true. I tell you, my mom has seen Martin Short in his underpants. Is this a story we should be telling on the podcast? <laughs> my mom tells it all over the fucking place. But like my mom, mom and my dad went to McMaster at the same time that Martin Short did. And also, oh, okay. also right. Dave Thomas. And my mom yeah. has always, for a very long time, or since since high school, I think, has done costumes for theater. And okay. obviously, Martin Short was involved in theater and stuff like that. And so she helped him do like quick changes backstage. Oh, that's cool. So she, yeah, like so she spent a lot of time with him in his underwear. Fair enough. Yeah, and I feel like she's run into him since then, and and he at least like remembered her, or at least yeah. pretended to remember her. Fair enough. So that's cool. Martin yeah. Short's kind of like yeah, Canadian royalty. So. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. The Wheel of Time season or series that Amazon is making, which is another one of these like big budget fantasy series, has already been renewed for a second season, even though the first season just finished filming and has not aired yet. I have no. No frame of reference of what this is about, but with the times Neil Jordan, I think, right? Uh, Robert Jordan. Robert Jordan. Yeah, he's. He, it's, I think it's he a got huge his series. He got his like he made his nut writing Conan books early on, like mm. like you know it was like disposable. Like Peter David would write these kinds of things too. You know, what I mean? it was basically like the Star Trek novels, just, like, just popcorn kind of. Yeah, just yeah. like like little like three hundred page novels or whatever, like you would find on the bookshelves and stuff. You yeah. find it at the library and stuff. It'd be little series, like new Conan stories, like, all right, whatever. I mean, I feel like that's something good for people to kind of cut their teeth on before they start diving into their own original IPs. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, still that, audience perfect it, idea. So. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, that's where I remember him from though, is like he used to write Conan books back in the day that I read, like him and Peter David wrote this series of Conan books yeah. or something like that. I probably wasn't just the two of them, but those are the two names that I remember being in there. Yeah. And I was like, Oh yeah. But I know, like, fantasy fans are really looking oh, yeah, forward to this series. For this and, shit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I know a number of people that are really into the Wheel of Time books. It's just not not anywhere I've really dipped my toes. That was everything that I had. Did I miss anything, Mark? I want to say the name of the manga creator who passed away, though. It's uh, Kentaro Miura. Oh, man, I can't pronounce his name. Kentaro Miura. Miura? Yeah, it's M-I-U-R-A. So I'm like, yeah. I don't know how that's pronounced properly in Japanese, but Kentaro Miura, who created Berserk. I did see a lot of my anime and manga uh, fan friends that were lamenting that because, I mean, I, I'd even heard of that series. And I, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, that fucking manga never really crosses my path, usually. It was just one of those things where, like, he's, like, I don't know if he drew everything also, but, like, the art from that series has become kind of, like, notorious in, like, art circles for just being, like, fucking ridiculously hyper-detailed. Mm pen and ink kind of style stuff so i'm all that's my style so i'm like right on board with that and i was looking at it and his shit's fit like whatever whoever's drawing this i don't think it's him but like quality quality work so yeah his work was familiar at least when i heard the thing and i was like oh that sucks and there's a lot of people in art twitter that were kind of like lamenting it today so i was like oh well i should probably at least be brought up because yeah that's really too bad and like what a real way to go too. like jesus seriously Fucking take breaks, folks. Don't work yourself to death. <laughs> yeah, man. Totally just like 
smoke some weed and fucking play Xbox, you know, when you have the time, just yeah. fucking do it. It's like <laughs> Speaking of which, I think it's time to move on to Geek of the Week, where we each discuss the nerdiest thing we've done in the past week or so. Mark, I already have some idea, but why don't you tell our listeners what your Geek of the Week is? Well, I picked up my Series X this week. I'm still no. on my hardware hunt, right? Like, I'm still looking for my 3090, which means I still have all my alerts on. You're two out of three. I was going to buy fucking an Xbox eventually anyway, and Costco put a bundle up, and it sat there for an hour, and I was like, well, I can still get this, so fuck it. Like, <laughs> so I picked it up and like got my Game Pass all renewed and stuff, and it like it's it's funny because it's like exactly the same user interface that it was on the Xbox One X, so like mm-hmm. it doesn't really feel like I've been super upgraded yet. And there's like as notorious as it has been so far, like the launch of the new Xbox has been pretty like lackluster in terms of like exclusive games and stuff like that. So I don't know. I'm playing Resident Evil Village on it because I the one advantage to this deck versus the PlayStation is that more people are buying the PlayStation. So like renting Resident Evil was hard at the Mm. library for free, basically, but not on Xbox. I got that. Look at the split. <laughs> so, I mean, for third party stuff, that's kind of nice. And like I said, that's where my rock band library lives. So right, right. I got to have my Xbox up to date. So I was going to, and now you should fucking see how fast rock band loads on this bastard. Like right <laughs> off the SSD, it's bonkers. So, cause I used to, I have a lot of songs and it took a long time on that L spinning platter to like rack them up. Yeah. Now it's like nice and lickety split so we just got to get somewhere that we can play it together oh shit no kidding right like it, <laughs> it would be nice if we could i mean that that's one thing i will say is that in terms of industrial design knocked it the fuck out of the park compared to the playstation because <laughs> holy shit that it like does, black rectangle hell, yeah. is fucking gorgeous when you sit next to the, play. yeah. the playstation is this big gaudy white thing and the xbox is this perfect little black box and i'm like yeah man Microsoft kind of crushed that. I'll give them that much. <laughs> like the controllers are still kind of the same as they were last gen. Like interface is the same. So it's not like a huge upgrade yet. Although it does have apparently more horses. Like it's running Resident Evil better than the PlayStation is. So I don't know. So that, that's the other reason I do that is so that like when Digital Foundry tells me one version is running better than the other, then I can kind of like divert onto that platform kind yeah. of thing. I mean, the answer is always PC, but like, I can't get a 3090 <laughs> motherfuckers. So like, I don't know what to tell you because those, that's my real geek of the week is like, I've like now earnest, now that I've got both consoles, I'm earnestly hunting for the 3090 because that's my next kind of like white whale. And yeah. holy shit, are they fucking rare? Like, <laughs> yeah, they make the playstations look fucking easy to get. And I, th- I'm saying this as a guy who's copped like three of them now, right? Like I basically got you yours and I got my cousin his. So it's yeah. like, I've gotten three of them and I've gotten the Xbox. So like, I know what I'm doing and I'm in front of the computer enough that I should be able to do it. No, yeah, still not fucking good. man. Like they go on sale yeah. and I get the notification and they're fucking gone. Well, I so. mean like you're, you're not just competing with gamers now though. You're, com- oh, you're miners. You're, exactly. You're competing with fucking crypto nerds and those yeah. people are fucking savage and have probably way more tech savviness than your average gamer does. Yeah, and like that's the thing. Like I'm running a bot to find this stuff too. I've actually done that setup now. Like I've dived into that fucking deep water, which is like actually <laughs> running an automated bot to buy it for me. Your own bot, not like now in stock.net or something. No, no, no. Yeah, like my own bot. Like I have a, a, a process running on my machine like 24 7 now looking for the cards. Just mm-hmm. like an automatically it'll go through just like one click, like from my phone, it'll say yes. And like that's it. Yeah. And I was like, I'm still like, they're because they're, they're just not there. Like just they just don't exist. So. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's nuts, but yeah, no, the Xbox real nice. So it was gonna happen eventually. I just kind of fucking bit the bullet and whatever. <laughs> nice. 
Uh, Mike Geek of the Week is also gaming. I platinumed my first PS5 game. I platinumed Astro's Playroom. boy. It wasn't too tough, but like, no. and I, I definitely had to look up what some of the fucking lock trophies were, because otherwise I never would have fucking guessed what some yeah. of them were kind of thing. But I went to go do that, like, re- like to finish that, and it, I had moved it to my external drive. And I was like, well, I'm not moving it now. So, so I'll do it eventually. <laughs> yeah, it was relatively easy. The I think the trickiest thing was really like the time trial achievement, which I had to redo some of the levels a few times to get my overall cumulative time. It was like mm-hmm. seven minutes total for the eight different time trials. So, but it, I mean, it still wasn't too tough. I'm sure this is like very light compared to what the majority of, of platinums are from what you yeah. described. Yeah, some of them can be... They've been a lot better about making some of the more like mainstream games a lot easier to get. Like Spider-Man was a very easy platinum to get. Yeah. God of War is not super bad, I don't think. Uh, most of the Sony first-party games tend to have pretty reasonable platinum requirements. You don't want to piss people off. Yeah, it's like the co- like the CODs are like... What's the one that I was reading about this? Like really nuts. I guess Resident Evil requires like a, an ultra, like a nightmare difficulty run Oof. and like an almost flawless one or something like that. And it's just like, I don't know. That's too much fucking work yeah, for exactly. me. I don't want to fucking spend, you know, 40 hours playing a 20 hour game or something like that. Yeah, that's to- the thing because it requires like nine playthroughs of the, the main story. And Oof. I'm like, I have no interest in doing this kind of shit. Like it's the same reason you can't get the platinum on like Resident Evil. Oh, you can, but like it requires a bunch of playthroughs for Resident Evil 2 and 3 remakes. Mm-hmm. that they put out last gen and i'm like i just don't like the the requirements are ridiculous yeah so like it's not worth it's it it's not fun at that point some games like spider-man was really good control was actually was a very attainable quick platinum like it required you to be good at the game but like by the time you get to the end game you should be good enough at it to platinum it basically yeah so like that's kind of where i am like if you get to the end game and it doesn't require like an exorbitant amount of extra fucking like grind because that's the thing that i don't like is just like have, be, forcing me to grind constantly a yeah. little bit I don't mind, but like constant grind, I can't do. Yeah, same here. Like like when I sat down to actually like finish off all of the trophies for the platinum, it took me like maybe an hour, hour and a half tops kind of thing. Yeah. So like I'm, I don't mind doing that kind of thing if it's yeah. you know if I can then hundred percent it. But like if it's gonna be oh you have to put in two or three times the amount of play time that you would otherwise, then fuck that shit. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'd rather see. I just because I want new experience more than I want to keep playing the same game. Yeah, also, exactly. like I want to get the whole experience. But once I'm done with that, I'm like, all right, let's move on to something new. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's a lot of shit to play, <laughs> like out there, like Game yeah. Pass, and like, and that's that's why I didn't mind doing the hundred percent on Breath of the Wild because it wasn't like I was having to go back and do the same shit over and over and over exactly, again. Exactly. Yeah. It was like you get to explore new areas that you haven't been before to find all the fucking Korok seeds and shit like that, and like f- complete little fun puzzles and shit like that. Yeah. It wasn't like you're doing the same fucking thing just repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so that's yeah. It depends on the game, right? Like. Yeah, I, so, I feel, I'm not gonna like plat everything on. No, on no. Five, yeah. But see, I, like I, I wish I could go in and like delete some games. There's a request that goes out every once in a while. Like, can we just delete games that we dabbled in? Like something I rented from the library and like put in the fucking player for 15 minutes. It was like, oh my god, terrible. But it registers to your account, right? Like that you mm-hmm. played it. So if you pop that first plat, then that's just gonna sit there as like a zero one percent forever. Oh yeah, yeah. And so and and like your because there's like an overall score too, right? Like the yeah. what your accomplishment is average on all the games you've played or whatever yeah yeah so yeah i don't i and like that's the kind of thing i don't really pay super close attention to overall like I, when i get platinums it's more just like oh oh it's not that hard to do so i'll just go do it kind of thing like it's i'm enjoying the game anyway and like it's this is going to require me to spend like an extra five hours in the game oh no like yeah. great so yeah 
that's why I platinum fucking Spider-Man and control like multiple times now kind of thing on multiple systems. Cause I'm like, I love the game. So I'll just go play through it again. Yeah. Like getting the platinum is part of the process of enjoying the game at this point for me. So, cause it's easy. And like, that means to me, I've a hundred percented it and I can move on with that playthrough kind of thing. So yeah, like one of my Facebook friends friended me on PSN and like, I looked at her profile. She's got like fucking like 51 platinums and like is level 326 or some shit like that overall in the PSN. I'm like, holy shit. I mean, clearly is somebody that's been playing for several generations kind of thing and has a shit ton of games on there. Yeah. Overall, but I know that's funny. Cause my two profiles combined probably would look more like that, but like I, because I'm playing across like three different platforms, well, four, I guess with yeah. Nintendo stuff, right? Like I'm playing across four different platforms. I'm not, it's not like I'm like edict, you know, doing like whatever you want to call it, EP measuring on yeah. any platform because it, I'm always moving around from deck to deck. My EP measuring is just like, wait, I have all of that shit. So fuck you guys and your PlayStation <laughs> or shit or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when the fanboys come out, I'm like, what's the point? I have both decks. They're about equivalent overall. And that's been the fucking case since like, not like the beginning of time where like each deck has its reason for existing. Basically like, Back to Nintendo and Sega. Yeah. I like having both because, you know, I like playing Mario and Sonic or whatever. Yeah. I play, like playing Halo and God of War, whatever, yeah. Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. So get them both, whatever. All right. Well, with that, we can move on to our meat of the episode, Alien Iguana Meat. Because this week we are talking about one of my favorite 80s movies of all time, The Last Starfighter. Uh, directed by Nick Castle, uh, who is one of John Carpenter's frequent collaborators and actually played Michael Myers in the first Halloween movie. Yeah, they talk about that in the commentary, actually. So, oh, yeah? Yeah, I watched the commentaries today. Co-wrote Escape from New York as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, talented guy. Yeah. Directed quite a little movie here, too, so. Yeah, so, uh, this, like I said, this is one of my, you know, favorite just comfort food kind of movies it's something that i watched a lot as a kid and went back to a lot so what but what is your history with this movie mark this is a movie i saw this when i was a kid but i probably haven't seen it since i was a kid i remember watching it a couple times and being kind of like kind of enamored with it but not like it wasn't like one of those ones that's going to be like your main favorite thing ever right but it's one of those like cult curiosities and that's kind of what it became yeah so i've always like had an appreciation for it but yeah, it's not like my favorite movie of all time or anything like no, that. No, I, I don't think, I think there's very few people that would say this is their favorite movie of all time. Like upon rewatch, I was like, uh, at the very least, I will say like, I don't say this often because I don't usually like it when they do this, but like remake this movie and like modernize it a little bit. And you got a pretty solid fucking flick. If yeah. this is, this is a movie definitely Especially very Especially with current back. gamer culture, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. This is a movie basically held back by its time. You know what I mean? Like it was made in 1983 yeah. when all this shit was very difficult to do and all this technology was brand new. 84, released 84, but probably filmed. Probably it was produced in 83 because they were talking about 83 in the commentary when they were like producing it. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So I, yeah, like it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, man, this is a fucking fantastic concept. that's just locked to time and needs to be updated really badly. Because it's like it's a pretty solid little story, and you could slot anybody into the lead, and it works perfectly. Like it doesn't matter. You could. This is one of those movies where like you want to cast a you know like young black girl in this role. Like who's who fucking cares? It doesn't matter. You cast wherever you want because you just have to be good at a video game. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck, I'm good at video games. I mean, I get to be Spider Man. Like that's not you know. So there you go. 
That's basically the concept. Uh, yeah, for yeah. me, we had this movie on VHS growing up. It's one of those ones that I would just watch over and over again and just pop it in on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon kind of thing. And this is one I remember my dad really enjoyed too. I mean, he was the one buying these fucking movies. So he yeah. Oh, this is a, yeah. Sorry, this is definitely one of those like my dad picked it up and was like obsessed with it because yeah. it's especially because it has like a small like it's kind of like Ender's Game. Like it has that without being as dour as the book. So I've never read Ender's Game actually. Yeah. See, it, it had they're like. I would say like spiritually re- related in terms of it's just like a video game kind of gets them into okay. what they do. Uh, it's uh, the payoffs way different, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, they, they kind of owe each other a little bit of debt here okay. and there. So, but yeah, to this day, this is one of those sort of comfort food movies for me that I can put on almost any time and just unplug tune out and kind of enjoy the ride on it. So nice. So Mark, why don't you start for any of our listeners that might not have seen the last starfighter with telling us what is the plot of the last starfighter this is gonna take a minute because it's it's, uh, it's a little involved it's a yeah it, it's that's what i was surprised by i was like holy shit they really like a 90 minute movie <laughs> yeah they really go back and forth and do a lot of shit in this little like 90 minute movie so like, it, it probably sounds like it's longer than it is when, the way i'm describing it because i'm gonna you know make fun of some shit and make jokes about star <laughs> right trek because so. there's there's a lot of star trek in this fucking movie <laughs> like i was shocked by how much there was like actors and like illusions and stuff so first of all like right off the top we get that old school universal logo which like just yeah. makes me fucking nostalgic. So I was like, that's cool. And the, was the other one, the Lorimar? Oh, logo yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah. That's one you don't fucking see anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I think that was a, that's a TV company. I think more than anything, I was like, I didn't, I think I saw them do more TV production or something, mm-hmm. but either way. Yeah. The old school universal logo is very cool. Also like the opening credits, like play over uh, a, an all CGI planets in Starfield and stuff. Apparently I didn't realize that this was, that none of this is optical. It's all CGI. Yeah. Yeah, so like that's pretty fucking wild for 1983. So yeah, for reference, for those of you who are like younger or don't really follow like CGI like history or whatever, like the year before this was 1982, which is when the Wrath of Khan came out, and the first <laughs> use of CGI in a motion picture was them doing like the Genesis demonstration in right, that movie, right. and it looks like shit. It looks yeah, like an Atari game compared to this. Yeah, it's bafflingly bad because then you go to this, and I was like, "This almost looks. This looks better than Babylon Five did in the nineties." <laughs> sorry, well, Jay. Yeah, that's uh, praise, sorry. Damning by faint praise, right there. But like, it looks really good. Like, there's obviously some like the techniques have changed, and things are more modern now. And like, you know, they actually can shade shit properly. But like, this looks it holds together pretty nicely. Either way, like, I, yeah, like eighty eighty percent, I think, of the CGI holds up pretty well oh there's i mean yeah for 1983 there's definitely gonna be some jank yeah. but like but i mean like, yeah like this this and tron basically were like the first movies that were like we're gonna use a shit ton of fucking cgi yeah and i th- i would argue that this is more successful than that one which is really weird to say in retrospect but like i some of this I still kind of holds up yeah. yeah it holds up a lot nicer to me than the tr- like the tron stuff looks really rough now but either way the movie starts off legitimately with a dog sleeping on its back which is the best fucking shot i've ever seen in a movie of all time so that's we win me over right there yeah we meet the residents of a trailer park i think it's called the Star- starlight star bright yeah trailer park starlight yeah Starbright. starting with otis who is the owner of the shop at the entrance also of the or like he runs the shop of the yeah something like that that's adjacent to One this of the trailer caretakers park? or whatever too he's doing work in the trailer park later yeah sure either he's way the, he's the wise little black guy character yeah well, i'm like to a t like 100 yeah. <laughs> percent. like every like inch of that is yeah that character either way he kind of leads us through a bunch of old ladies who are complaining about what old ladies complain about and then Not eventually we kind of watch their stories yeah it's like can't what can't watch our stories or the powers out or this <laughs> that and the other thing and we eventually kind of walk 
like we get Maggie walks by, uh, played by, oh man, I wrote her name later in the thing. Cause I was like, this girl is so hot. I don't know what to do with myself at this point. I, I keep wanting to say Mary Elizabeth Winstead, but it's obviously fucking yeah, nuts. But it's, obviously yeah, not. but it's, it's another like three name. It's Catherine Mary Stewart. Uh, she doesn't have a lot to Canadian. do in this, but yes, but she's from Edmonton. That's what I was going to say. I'm like, she's from Edmonton. Also had like a massive, I was, I looked her up and was like, I, she looks familiar, but not familiar in like a, I've seen her like watch her in a show kind of way. Weekend but in like, movies. She was in Weekend at Bernie's. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Night Rider. Was, well, she did like one episode of Night Rider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. But she was definitely like an 80s hot girl. She, yeah, so. she, exactly. She was like one of those like that girls in the 80s. Yeah, absolutely. And I was like totally on board for that because she looks super she's super cute. Super cute. So we meet Maggie and then we meet Alex's mom, who's never given an actual name aside from just being Alex's mom, as far as I'm aware. Uh, and I watched this movie <laughs> twice now. So I don't think they, yeah, I don't think they yeah. gave her a name. I, her action. Her actual name is Jane, but I, yeah, I think it's just Alex's mom, basically. Yeah, basically, it's just Alex's mom. Actually, name her in the movie. Who just like has a furrowed brow the entire time, like she just has that <laughs> concerned look all the time. And we meet her brother, who's a douche, and like the, the atypical '80s movie little kid brother. Little, yeah. He's like the prototypical one here. And yeah, his name is Lewis. Horny, horny motherfucker. Yeah, he's, that's he's that's got a Playboy stash. He's like exactly eight with a Playboy stash and shit. This kid's like the baller pimp for, of all time here. Like 1983, you know how hard it was to get Playboys. Especially Jesus. in fucking rural ass California, where the fuck this thing's set. Oh, this is like right outside fucking LA, man. Like up in the mountains. Yeah. They talk about in the commentary, like, yeah, we're up in the mountains. Like it's ten <laughs> minutes. It's ten minutes outside of town. I mean, normal ten minutes outside of town, not like traffic. Well, they're definitely outside. trying to make you feel like this is like yes. out, out in the sticks, kind of California, yeah. middle of nowhere, California. They shot it like in the mountains. Oh, LA, yeah, of I guess. They so, did. Yeah. So the little brother gets sent to find Alex because Alex is the one who does. Like I kind of fucking was relating to him. In terms of like, <laughs> he's getting, the tech guy. <laughs> he's the tech guy, right? For the whole trailer park. And I was like, oh my God, that's my life in St. Catharines now. This is terrible. <laughs> what is happening to me? Either way, yeah, so I had yeah. to move away for 10 years to get rid of that moniker. <laughs> It'll come back. You'd be surprised no, how quick it fucking It's comes my brother in law now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, there <laughs> you go. Over. See, as long as you don't bug him and just keep yourself a low profile, then you're flying. But everybody knows me, right? Like, everybody's mm-hmm. like, no, if we need tech shit, Mark's the guy to, because he can weirdly get PlayStations and shit. Yeah. No, it's because I work in front of a computer all day, guys. It's not <laughs> magic. <laughs> Either way, they need to get Alex back because he is the only one who could fix anything in the trailer park. So they send Lewis to go get him. He finds Alex, of course, playing the titular video game Starfighter. So it's the only fucking point, thing to do in this in this trailer. Park. Literally, so, of course, of course, he's gotten good at it. Yeah, like 1983 is the only game he's ever played, right? So like, <laughs> he's like this. It, like honestly, it looks like a fun game. It looks like it's kind of better than any other it. fucking 1983 game, like actual game from 1983. I was looking up to see if they actually had this game so I could play it because I was like, that looks fucking cool. I kind of, I'm kind of into it. In the credits, it says like they made a game. No, that Atari game, game doesn't Atari exist. Game. Oh, does it doesn't it? exist. No, it never fit, get, never got produced. There's a fan oh, made wow. game that was made a couple years ago that I want to look at, but I haven't had a chance to look it up. Interesting. So I just looked it up today, like when I was reading the notes to like kind of fill this in. But yeah. oh man, either way, I fucking fell for this kid because it's just like <laughs> <laughs> getting yelled at to fix shit around the house and stuff. I was like, all right. Well, it's like either of us too. Like he's you know raised in like small town fucking nowhere kind of thing and trying to get the fuck out of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, really feeling it having been like re-entombed or whatever the fuck (laughs) I am right now. Either way, so Maggie and her friends are like, they're all supposed to be going to the lake today because that's what you do in California is go to the beach. Fuck. 
I really wish they had shown her in a fucking bathing suit at some point in this movie, but like they did not for some reason. <laughs> missed opportunity. Yeah, total missed opportunity. Show her some short shorts that don't leave much to the imagination. So like, why not <laughs> go to the beach and shoot some shit there, guys? Come on. Either way, it's been a long year in COVID isolation, everybody. Just so we're <laughs> kind of clear. We haven't Either seen way, girls in a while. I haven't seen a girl in fucking ages. I don't know what I, mean, I don't I, even know. I have. I'm you have a wife. One. Shut the fuck I up. Do you have, have a wife. Yeah. <laughs> Some of us are single and living at home. It's tough times. You know what I mean? <laughs> so either way, his friends are kind of dicks to him and he's kind of a dick to his friends because like his he friends wants to are go fucking douchebags. Yeah. I feel like they're Maggie's friends, not his. Yeah. Mostly they're <laughs> kind of Maggie's friends and probably only Maggie's friends because she's hot as all get out. So. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't get the loan he needed to go to college, so he's now very disappointed, and he's got a ton of shit to do in the thing. So he sends her off with her, their friends, and he goes and helps stuff out. I guess he fixes all these old people's complaints. I'd assume that's what happens, because yeah. he goes home, and he's all kind of zonked out and staring at his very grown-up space mobile that is hanging from the yeah. ceiling. That's an adult move right there. <laughs> Lord of the 80s must have been boring. Uh, he goes back and plays the same fucking video <laughs> game again. I hope he's getting free credits because if he's paying for this, holy I know. shit. Hey, you and me both had fucking, you know, that favorite arcade machine growing up. Oh, man. I played fucking Golden Axe and Street Fighter until <laughs> the goddamn cows come home. It was, you know like, I mean? it was oh, like pinball fuck. for me. It was shit like Adam's Family pinball and that kind of thing. I could run an SF2 Turbo machine for like hours, <laughs> like hours practice way too much sad so sad so he's he's going to play yeah he's one he's totally one of us he just goes off to play fucking video games otis gives him a pep talk while he's standing there and like I, I'm, I'm torn on the lead because like he kind of doesn't react because he's he's playing a video game right so he's like he's half fucking, reacting to he's stuff. fucking spaced out all the time right like he's he's ha- he's barely yeah. there because he doesn't want to be fucking living in this trailer part yeah i it's it's really weird so like his responses all feel like kind of half-baked but then it's like i kind of buy it because he's playing a video game and distracted as people are like moralizing yeah. at him he's just like he's, dude I'm shut trying, up i'm playing exactly. fucking I'm xbox fucking why be my score bitch yeah what are you doing either way maggie shows up in like yeah the shortest shorts that i've ever seen on a human being <laughs> they have a little moment until they all notice this is the weirdest shit that i've ever seen also uh alex is getting close <laughs> to breaking the high score it just goes to show like how fucking little ever happens in this goddamn trailer park. i was just gonna say i was like the whole fucking bored ass 80s trailer park is into watching this yeah. this is the most base fiction i've ever seen yeah like yeah, Lewis and Otis are just like, oh my god, he's doing well. We better call everybody. We gotta get everybody here. A bunch of old ladies. No idea what's fucking going on. My like this is like this is that this is 1983. You know what I mean? Like think about what video game culture is now. Like your like our parents, if you were like, oh man, I'm doing really well in this video game. Come look, they'd be like, fuck you, yeah, exactly. Xbox or fucking shit. kids. Because that generation just doesn't give a shit. You know what I mean? There's like this gap yeah. where like Gen X and after your cool video games anything before Boomers, they're like waste of time yeah. waste of time wasting your time like what are you talking about you just sat and watched the same fucking episode of csi 17 <laughs> yes, times in a row ncis or any of those yeah, other whatever. fucking acronym anyway. shows before we get into it i don't want to get into it either way so anyway he breaks his record and everybody freaks the fuck out like he won the wwe title for the first goddamn time so like good for him good for him they're the most exciting thing any of these people have clearly ever seen and it's just this fake accolade. He's got the high score on Starfighter <laughs> winning the WWE titles. Ball made up. Either way. It's all fucking kayfabe. Yeah, exactly. Alex and Maggie have a heart to heart about leaving the trailer park. They make out for a while. Everybody in the whole fucking trailer park is watching these two kids just like 
Oh yeah, they're they're, 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 they're fucking touching themselves oh, while they watch. Yeah. Oh my god, they're jerking off while <laughs> yeah. they're watching. Absolutely, you know what I mean. His mom react reacts appropriately to him winning a video game. You know what I mean? She's like, "Who gives a shit?" Like, that's the only <laughs> response I bought in the entire movie. Because like, yeah, he's getting his bad loan news. Yeah, exactly. and stuff, she also like, knows that he didn't get his fucking student loan. But it's still like he so, comes in all excited so about a video game, and I was like, she's I, like, "That's I know that response. That's the response every boomer <laughs> parent gave every like millennial child when they were like, I beat this game. What the that's fuck? That's nice, sweetie. Head pat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basically, she also does sadly inform him that he did not get his loan, so he won't be going away to college, which is what his plan was. So he didn't have to go to community college with all of Maggie and her apparently giant fucking pile of douchebag yeah. friends. So there's that. Back to the game. Which starts fucking point, flipping out. Yeah, the game starts flipping out. Which I mean, it's his only friend aside from his girlfriend. He must be losing his mind when he sees the no. computer break, right? He'd be like, "Oh no, what am I gonna do with all my time?" But it's not that. It's actually here where we get to meet Robert Preston doing just his bit from the Music exactly. Man. Uh, as I didn't actually know if you would know <laughs> if you would know Robert Preston for the Music. Oh, I, I know who Robert Preston is. It is basically revisiting Robert Preston. Yeah is a best of the worst mainstay like if for red letter media fans he's one of those guys that shows up a lot in shitty, oh, shitty yeah. movies i mean this so, this yeah. and the music man are like the best things that he oh, ever man. did and oh absolutely yeah. yeah but yeah i know i'm very familiar with him from uh, lots of schlock b movies yeah, uh, in my college days basically so yeah he's and he's just doing and especially because he's just doing the music man I thing. Know, straight like, up it's just grifter con man once again yeah 100%. i was like right, he's just, just the older version of that character and he basically kidnaps Alex, right? <laughs> so like, leaves Straight a life model decoy of him in, in his in his fucking like fancy futuristic going door car. <laughs> Let's be correct, going door station wagon. It's like a minivan <laughs> almost. You know what I mean? It looks like a it's a mini SUV. It's so close to like a TNG shuttlecraft in terms of look, with like the super slanted yeah. front and stuff yeah. like that. Like it's very close. But yeah, his like not a delorean delorean yeah. i guess is what i called it i wrote it in here this is, is pre back to the future too though it is and that's this movie predated that they call that out in the commentary they're like where we got there fucking first with the going door <laughs> the, like, and the and the flow and the flying car oh yeah the flying car absolutely too so th- basically he makes a life model decoy of him and uh kidnaps alex there's a bunch of reshoot photography while they're in the shuttle <laughs> you together. skipped over the part where he says like i invented the last starfighter machine oh like, right because he kind of explains that in the car, right? Bit, I guess yeah. he does. That's how he gets him into yeah. the car. He basically so what he basically does is lures a teenager <laughs> into his car. Yeah, teenage. I mean, technically teenager. He's like probably 18, like 18, right? 19, Yeah, eighteen, yeah. nineteen. Yeah. Either way, he shakes the hand of Beta, who is explained to be like Centauri's assistant, and gets shocked. And then Beta goes away, and we'll find out what's going on with this dude later. And, <laughs> and yeah, so now since a nightmare fuel scene. There's some weird <laughs> shit going on in that, yeah. So Centauri now takes uh, Alex out, and you can see like the speedometer. They do the cop shot where like they yeah. they drive by the cops, and they're doing like 300 miles an hour or whatever. Yeah, it would be miles too because it's like 83 in the states, yeah. right? So it'd be miles an hour. So they were fucking flying, right? And yeah, he it, eventually the ship takes off, and it, we find out that uh, his very DeLorean esque car is also a faster than light capable personal shuttle, which is pretty like, impressive, pretty cool. You know what I mean? That's not not bad. We see Centauri's real face. Because he takes his face off. And it's super Fucking, budget, and I love that it it's is, just like plastic. But that's another stuff. one of those scenes. Like this, scene, so this, good. this movie. A lot of the imagery on this had like a lasting impact on me, and that was like the first one. Is like this guy oh, taking yeah, his fucking up. face off and then like cleaning his eyeballs on a handkerchief. Yeah, it's a little, <laughs> it's a little raunchy. I'm trying to remember if this is this like predates 
anything like that it's that I've seen. horror on... kind of thing. There's a there's a couple of spots in here where this movie gets weirdly yeah. grim, like like when they're torturing that guy, yeah, like they, the bad guys are torturing, and they're like needle the thing into his head. I didn't even put it in my notes. Straight up fucking raiders uh, face melting thing. Yeah, on, yeah, like the guy's face yeah. melts and shit. It's just craziness. <laughs> Either way, whew, we yeah, they land, they get to the place. What's the planet called? Rylos. I didn't write it down. Rylos. So they land on Rylos and dock. Not in the dock the way Tim and I usually talk about it, just like they actually dock their ship. Uh, Centauri <laughs> takes off, just fucking leaves them. This is so yes. weird, this sequence. Because he's just like, bye. Like, I'm fucking out. Peace. And he's gone, right? And so he's left with some alien that doesn't speak fucking English. Alex is totally confused by what's going on. He thinks he's fucking high or he's been drugged or something like that. Because, like, if I saw this shit, I'd be like, what the fuck did somebody slip in my drink? <laughs> oh, somebody get me to a safe space. This is going to be a rough 24 hours. Somebody give me the good ass. Just, just give me a fucking oh, corner shit. to curl up in. Oh, shit. I need a radio head record in a corner. Yeah, I need a pillow. That's it. That's it. That's all I need. Oh, shit. Yeah. Because this feels like, yeah, my first thing is to be like, I'm having a bad ass trip. <laughs> what happened to me? I don't know. How long is this one going to last? <laughs> no. Either way, he gets his uniform as he talks to Centauri again. We find out that Centauri is not the most upstanding citizen in the history of time. He's a little sleazy. We bounce back to Earth where little brother Lewis and Maggie try to talk to the life model decoy, Beta, that is in bed moaning while he grows in like a really... It was probably was creepy when I was a kid, but like now it doesn't really hold up so great. Yeah. But like the shot of his him growing his face is a little... It's yeah, pretty they've nasty. got like his face like expanding and contracting around its skull when it breathes and stuff and his skin's translucent and stuff yeah, or like transparent yeah, so you can see like the nastiness and, and like full eyeballs and like ah. yeah that's another one that like fucked me up as a kid for sure that's fair the only thing i noticed is she's in pigtails yeah in that scene like that's literally like the only thing i noticed in that scene but like he's moaning i was like oh my god she looks just wearing oh. pigtails she's cute as fuck mark's going to jail <laughs> mark's going to hell she's like 60 now it's fine oh i know she's like yeah, totally like our parents' age, actually. So that's kind of weird. But either way, uh, Alex sees the ship and a bunch of aliens. Uh, he gets up, to, finally gets a fucking universal translator. This poor kid has no idea what's going on. And he listens to a speech by the chancellor. All right. What is it? Does he step on the guy's tentacles before the speech happens? Or it's During like he's the going. Speech. Yeah. 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 It's like the speech has started and he steps on this dude's tentacles. And like this dude gets all upset with him because this is the, the oldest trope in sci fi history where you. St- you accidentally like knock a tentacle yeah, or on hit them in the balls. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Or whatever. But it's, you just tap them on the shoulder and that's where their balls are. And it hurts or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah. They do some Star Trek shit all the time. Right. So either way, we listen to this speech for a little bit. Uh, a lot of this is kind of confusing either he's, way. Well, basically he learns he's been dropped into the middle of this like intergalactic conflict. Yeah. He's been like drafted into like, uh, uh yeah, between, basically it's, it's basically between the star league and the Kodan armada. And then he starts putting shit together. He's like, holy shit, this is all from the fucking video game. <laughs> Which would only make me think I was having a really intense acid trip, even more so. <laughs> like if they're if it's pulling from fiction, you're, yeah. I'd be like, "What is my mind manifesting here? This is this is all made up horseshit." I'd just be sitting there like, oh, "This is all fake. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm having an acid trip. I did the wrong shit, and that's what's going on." Either way, when we get to like the crux of the whole fucking thing, right? Like we find out right. that Centauri made these video games as recruiting tools, basically. Yeah. And like, yeah, and Greg, we are introduced to Greg, who's going to be the pilot of Alex's ship, and he's super upset with Centauri for recruiting him that way. But in the middle of all this, basically, Alex kind of turns down the call to action, and Centauri's going to take him home, but only after the main villain guy, Zur, whom we, like, kind of see not, we see too much of, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the best villain. 
shows up as a floating head and threatens everyone. We find out that he's also the chancellor's like son. dad. No, the, the son, chancellor's son. His yeah, dad. Son. Yeah. The chancellor's yeah, his dad. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Right. So it's it's kind of an inverse of the usual story. But either way, the, the, the kid went it's back. The uh, the opposite Star Wars, basically. It, yes, it's exactly opposite <laughs> Star Wars. This whole movie is basically yeah. opposite Star Wars. So either way, we watched the guy's head get melted in at yeah, this point. The spy I think. that they'd like inserted into Zer's. Mil- yeah. Zer's forces or whatever. Which nasty and like oddly graphic and grim for this movie, yeah. which like up to this point has been like kind of a. Spielberg-y kind of, you know... Just blood-curdling screams and shit, too. Yeah, and all of a sudden it's just like a giant horror movie, which I guess is kind of Spielberg-y because he did make Raiders of the Lost Ark where the head did explode at the end. So there's that. So we watch a guy's head melt, and Satari asks one more time if Alex wants to give up on the whole thing. We do a quick Gilligan cut to them flying home. The CGI in this is so clearly early stuff, but it's, like, really good for what it is. Like all all of this stuff is really well done for 1983. For like if you keep that in mind, you're like, wow, this looks really good still. And it has like a charm regardless. So either yeah. way, we watch Zur get some scepter, which looks like the most painful sex fight I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. And then they launch meteor guns and destroy a starbase or something like a that. Dildo, if you're brave enough, Mark. Well, that absolutely looked like a very brave dildo <laughs> then. So either way, back on Earth, Centauri. Centauri's car breaks down and like he basically gives Alex a com badge to call him if he changes his mind. Centauri forgot that he left uh, his double though. Like he doesn't go and like pick <laughs> yeah. up his partner. Like he didn't go pick up the robot. <laughs> anyway, Alex gets home, runs into Maggie who fucking coughs him on the side of the head. Like she just fucking Smacks slaps him, the yeah. shit out of him. I was like, wow. She really gave it to him too. I guess he probably, his duplicate doesn't quite understand human sexuality super yeah. well. And for some reason is it trying to like this whole subplot about him leaving this double to fuck his girlfriend <laughs> while he's away is a little Dubiously weird. I know it's how it's sensual. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's weirdly angled. Like there's a lot of things in here. Like, cause they're basically, it's also the source of like 80% of the comedy in this movie. <laughs> yeah. If you want to call that comedy, like some of it's not, great you know that's where this movie kind of falls apart is where it actually tries to like do certain things like comedy yeah. and it's like yeah oh, right so he meets his duplicate and they have a scene with the little brother an alien in disguise is undisguised by the starfighter game welcome gul ducat right here <laughs> that that guy that's mark alimo who, like the alien not the alien i would assume maybe not maybe it's mark alimo under the paint i don't know but the guy who walks up to the video game is gul ducat so that's fucking dope actually also i should have pointed out earlier in the opening scene as you're kind of zooming through will wheaton's in there yeah, one of, i saw one him of one the other time. kids in the trailer park yeah. yeah you can see him at the end of the movie too a little bit but yeah so it's just weird star trek it's like will wheaton's in here and he's like 50, like five or some shit because i didn't recognize him because i was looking for like star trek ish will wheaton like oh, he's, almost yeah, he's, teen like, will he's wheaton. like 10 years but he's like a oh, baby in this so i was like oh, i didn't recognize him right away i was also marco limo who was like 30 in this and not 50 and under like 10 pounds of cardassian makeup <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. I had to go back and look. But either way, yeah, this guy, the, it's like the, the Starfighter arcade machine is fucking really high end. It's magic. It's got all kinds of cool powers because it could detect that this guy is a alien. I don't know what the alien name was. Z- There's what, he's a Zandozan. Whatever. This just makes up. <laughs> it sounds like the shit they make up for Scientology. <laughs> either way. Or like some species, alien species from like the worst Star Trek episodes or something. Oh, shit. yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> absolutely. That's why I said Scientology, because most of that's basically <laughs> the same level. It's bad, yeah. bad 60s Trek and 
the horse shit that what's his name made up to uh, start Scientology. Either way, it's a, a really cool like shark headed alien that he's assaulted by. Like the yeah. makeup job is pretty dope and stuff like that. So I was kind of down it's, for it. It's a good. It's a cool design. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the alien designs are actually pretty good. We'll talk about them more when we get back out into space. But I guess we should have talked about them while we were talking about him walking through the conference. Because there's a bunch of cool alien heads yeah. in there. So, like, yeah, they did some good work in this movie, like, building out. Griggs' alien makeup is really solid, too. Griggs, yeah, Griggs' alien makeup is really solid. Everybody's alien makeup is quite good in this. It's one of those situations, too, where, like, there's some of these that when we were watching them in, you know, low res on a fucking VHS copy back in the day, they might have been fine. But when, you know, we're watching remasters and shit these days, they don't hold up. But these actually hold up pretty fucking well in, in like, in, in HD. I didn't notice anything like the effects more than like, yeah. I mean, like anything that's matte effects, you know what I mean? Like optical the effects. Practical not, effects. Yeah. That yeah. I noticed more, but like yeah. the, the makeup effects were very solid, mm-hmm. which I guess makes sense. Cause we're like at the end of star Wars now, right? Like 83 is Jedi. So mm-hmm. like, that industry is just out there at this point, right? Like makeup and effects. So it kind of makes sense. We're starting to get into the era of slash all blockbusters all the time too. Yeah. That too, which has a lot of impressive makeup effects and shit too. So that's, I mean, it's cool. It's just like, it's a weird, you wouldn't think in 1983, you'd be seeing this level of stuff, but I guess like, yeah, we're kind of at the tail end of star Wars and like to the point where star Trek cycling back up and like, we're going to have a show in three years or whatever kind of thing Mm -hmm. after this movie comes out. So that's, it's just interesting either way. Almost as a historical piece, I'm more interested in this movie uh, than I am as the actual movie. Yeah. It bridges a lot of gaps in between, you know, 70 sci-fi and 80 yeah. and 80 and like 90 sci-fi kind of thing. There's so much of like Battlestar's kind of like aesthetic yeah. that kind of transferred to this movie and like was refined and then moved over to Star Trek kind of in the later 80s and stuff. Yeah, it's weird. Weird. Somebody should write a book. Maybe that's something I should do <laughs> when I retire is write a book about that kind of stuff. Either way, he's assaulted by this cool shark headed alien. He grabs a stick with a nail, which I, I know is not a, a reference to the Simpsons. <laughs> But I, I think the Simpsons referenced it back the other way around. The yeah. other, you know what I mean? Like that's a reference to this movie from the Simpsons. So like, get a nail with a bigger stick. You know, they'll always get a nail or a stick with a bigger nail. Bigger nail, yeah. Bigger, yeah. bigger board with a bigger, with a bigger nail. nail. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so good. And then they'll destroy each other with it. I love that fucking. <laughs> bit. Either way, the alien shoots at the two Alexes now because like Beta has shown up and like Alex proves that he has no fucking martial skills whatsoever. So. No. Good thing he's good at video games, kids, because <laughs> he is not going to help himself here. Uh, basically, him and his duplicate are both useless and need to be saved by Robert Preston, of all people. Like, just... Yeah. The, you know, at least he's a good fucking shot. Centauri's a decent shot. So he shows up and kills this alien. He gets shot himself. Shoots his fucking arm off. Yeah. Like, it's pretty, like, dead, dead space kind of brutality. here. It's, yeah. Like, again, this movie is weirdly brutal in some spots where, yeah. like, it feels like you know, like a kid's movie, uh, otherwise. And then he shoot the alien shoots fucking Centauri yeah. with his arm off. Yeah. So Centauri <laughs> gets shot and ex- like explains it as the last TIE fighter. Alex will always have a target on his back, basically. So yeah. after all this hemming and hawing, Alex is like, fine, fuck it. I'll go kill this guy. So he'll leave me alone and I can go on <laughs> with my cute girlfriend and I don't know, exist in a pit trailer park or whatever. Centauri makes the landing with some assistance. Greg and Alex sadly watch Centauri quote unquote die. Yeah. Well, we should say, too, like, most of this base has been fucking decimated at this point. Well, yeah, because, yeah, sorry, I forgot. I, I did mention that the meteor guns, like, destroyed the star base. And that's, right, 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 We're, yeah. we're kind of coming back into that destruction kind of thing. It's also yeah. where we find out that, like, all the other starfighters and pilots have <laughs> been killed. Toast. So, yeah. like, it's just Grig and the last. And, of course, the last one that survives is the ultra prototype, like, high-end fancy yeah. special one, right, with the good shields and shit. So, good for them. And the, and the death blossom. 
Oh yes, and the Death Blossom, which <laughs> yeah, the yeah the the one shot last resort weapon, which is just like it's such a video game trope that doesn't work as a climax for a movie. You know what I mean? Using your super weapon shouldn't be the climax to your movie, but it kind of yeah. is in this, and it doesn't really hold together. But either way, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, Centauri is dead, and Alex gets pulled away to go do this mission. We find out about the ship and, like, what's going to happen and the fact that they basically have no plan, and it's the plot of every video game ever. You're the last <laughs> of your kind, and you have to survive and take down this huge, yeah. opposing army force. It's the and story like, of... It's Star Fox. It's yeah. basically Star Fox, you know, or Star like, Wars, or everything like else. eight different Chekhov's guns are fucking cocked in this scene alone right here. It's fucking crazy how many, yeah, because they talk about, like, power and, like, the, and the, death, the blossom death Blossom thing and, this, like, and the, yeah. the, the extra armor and everything. Oh, man, like, everything yeah. gets used to a T. Yeah, they don't... <laughs> They don't cock a gun that doesn't get fired in this, so yeah. and they all get cocked in this scene. So wonderful. I can say if I say cocked one more time in the microphone. Phrasing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So Beta wakes up having a tech issue with his head, which he promptly <laughs> removes. The little brother sees him fiddling with his detached head. Uh, I don't know if this is they, they don't threaten him with Playboys again, but he's like, "Go back to sleep. You're having a terrible nightmare." But the kid's like now traumatized beyond all fucking ghetto. <laughs> He just manages to catch another ship landing and does the Dazed and Confused kid's nose pinch and shake combination. Yeah. You ever watch Dazed and Confused where that kid does that in every fucking scene? He yeah, does that yeah, yeah, to a yeah. T here, and I was like, is that where that kid stole it from? Because that <laughs> ruined that movie for me after a little while, because all you see is him do that in every scene. Back in space, Alex gets dressed in a spacesuit, and they get into the ship, and they launch alone, since all the other starfighters and gunships are, what are they, Gunstars or whatever? Gunstars, yeah. The, termin- the, the terminology the gets whipped around is a little confusing. So, yeah, yeah. Gunstars are the ships. Starfighters are the guys who pilot, who shoot the ships, and then the pilot actually pilots the ship. Bizarre. Anyway, yes. <laughs> so this is a typical video game soul ship against an armada kind of thing. Uh, they do target practice, and we go back to beta. It's a very exciting section of the movie right here. <laughs> yeah, so Beta's just standing around holding an antenna for Otis. He's scared to death by Maggie, uh, who is so thirsty. Like, she, oh, totally. Holy shit. Was she looking for some sorry. action? She's just yeah. like fucking throwing herself yeah, at him. Yeah, just flinging herself way. at him. And this <laughs> robot doesn't know what to fucking do. And I'm just like, <laughs> I hate you robots so goddamn much right now. Yeah. Anyway. My robot penis feels funny. The uh, an- Another fucking, I guess, bounty hunter. Is bounty hunter the right term to use? Probably. Assassin, sure. Yeah. I just bounty hunter so that I can relay it back to Star Wars sure. again later when I'm <laughs> yeah, like, oh, ripping off this, this version of Boba Fett. Yeah, basically. Yeah, this, yeah, this is, this is IG 11 or <laughs> IG 88 or whatever. It's the bad guy one. I don't IG-88, remember. Yeah. There you go. Oh, IG 11's take take a right. So yeah. 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 All right. So it's IG 88. Anyway, this one, it's not a robot. No, it's just some dude. I guess it could be because like he takes over a cop and we never really see what happens to him except for like, yeah, we'll talk about it when we get there. Cause it's fucking weird. <laughs> now we finally get to the frontier. Right, which is the last defense against this armada that's coming after the Star League. The Codan armada, yeah, and the, the Star Codan League. armada that is led by Zur. All these names are very difficult to keep track of, <laughs> or whatever. Anyway, uh, some other ship intercepts them, and Alex kind of freezes when he realizes he's in a live fire situation and he could have died. And he act to kill people, and he has that moral quandary, you know. Or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they end up killing him. Grig negs him a little bit, kind of gives him like the old, oh, it's too bad we have a good plan that the last Starfighter, there's no more Starfighters left because you're going home. I'm going to take you home because you're a bitch. Basically, kind of gives him one of those speeches. Yeah. Which is pretty good. Truck driver, truck guy, truck guy with the cowboy hat. That's what Lance, I'm I think. Is it Lance? Truck boy with cowboy hat douchebag. This is his name. Lance sounds like an appropriate name for that. Sure. Douchebag. 
cowboy douchebag is driving the friends to the <laughs> lake with Beta and Maggie. The whole thing is creepy as fuck because like they're just basically they're all going out to the lake to fuck, and that's not her real boyfriend. This whole scene is weird. <laughs> Either way, there's a weird thing about like she wants him to laugh to have fun, but he's all paranoid about like he's about he's gonna get shot because he's he knows there's a bounty hunter after him, and she's like have fun, and he does the worst Brent Spiner data laugh where he's like uncomfortably laughing, <laughs> fake laughing. He's totally yeah. This beta dude is totally fucking data. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like I was like, did Brent Spiner just see this movie and steal everything? <laughs> <laughs> but the the alien killed a cop, so like good for the alien. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Alex and. Greg talk about their families. Apparently, Greg like either they multiply like crazy, or he likes he's to get got, down. He's got because like six thousand kids. kids. Like yeah. wow, what a boy! Like at a boy, you know, his poor f- fucking wife. Jesus, Absolutely. it's just falling out. You know what I mean? Actually, <laughs> eggs. They're lizard people. Would they be eggs then? It's true, I guess. Yeah. So just, they don't even get to have any fun. He's just like fertilizing, like crop dusting. Right? Is that how that works <laughs> for the lizards? I, You're a biologist. Come on, Tim. Help me out not, here. Not not an animal biologist. I'm disappointed in you. I wanted to know how <laughs> reptiles repli- like replicate. This reptile replicate. alien species replicates. Hey, man. I'm a Star Trek fan. I'm always curious about like interspecies stuff. You know what I mean? All that shit doesn't make... <laughs> this isn't interspecies. It's the same species. Don't Klingons have barbed penises? I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> they must. They it's probably do. Feel, yeah. They can. Well, they got two penises. Jetsy is a kinky girl. You know what I mean? So there's that. <laughs> That's why I liked her. Anyway, Bate and Maggie are making up by the fire and he fucks it up. He starts trying to use douchebags lines on her and it works until she, he starts talking about other women and she freaks out. And of course, because <laughs> well, he's an idiot. Did they not tell this fucking robot anything? Like nothing at all? Exactly. Like, oh, oh my God. Like here, just go look like this guy. You don't need to act like him. And then you yeah, you're going to interact with his mate and like <laughs> you're going to be able to fake it to his mate no it's not gonna work guys <laughs> either way he finally is just like fuck this all right listen i'm not the guy you think you're trying to fuck right now uh so we we'll have to deal with those implications later because <laughs> i'm gonna get shot and then he gets okay. shot yeah right so he gets shot by the alien bounty hunter and then like he takes off he's like fuck this if, if the alien bounty hunter gets back and tells the fleet that i'm not the real alex they'll know that alex is out there is in the starfighter or the gunship yeah. or whatever the fuck um, gunstar, gunstar. And it'll ruin their their surprise attack. I don't know why he assumes any of this, but okay, cool, sure. Well, also, Beta's thinking at this point, like, man, I just basically tried to rape this girl. I should probably just kill myself. Yeah, he also kills himself. Yeah, so there's <laughs> that. So yeah, so he gets he goes and takes. I don't know if this happens right away, but it does right. Like they go, to, they just steal the truck at this point and take yeah. off, and then it cuts. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so they go to steal douchebag guy's truck, and which karmically actually kind of works out because it gets totaled, but like. Yeah, all right. So they steal his truck, and she like won't let him go away on his own, even though it kind of sounds like a suicide mission to go fight an alien bounty hunter. But like, sure, you know, you're an 18 year old girl. Go with the robot duplicate yeah. of your boyfriend. She, I mean, she fucking buys into the shit pretty quick. But I mean, she does see like his alien guts. Yeah, like his robot his guts robot are just guts. fucking all over the place at that yeah. point. So I, I guess at that point, she's like, "Where's my boyfriend? Yeah, and who are you? And how long has this been going on? And what have you done to me?" Maybe questions she should be asking. Either way, <laughs> the aliens start their invasion in what looked like Nabu Starfighters from episode one. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Kinda. All right. Alex and Greg shut off the power to avoid detection in a scene that is done in every like sci-fi franchise in history. They just sit on the moon with no power. It's done in Star Wars, been done in Star Trek, it's done in fucking Battlestar, everything. done everything. Yeah. Everything. Everything. The alien invasion, yeah, has started. So that's fun. We cut back to Beta and Mags who catch up to the alien. And stop the message just as it's sending by fucking just 
spending the last bit of the budget of this movie and crashing a brand new Ford pickup truck into a <laughs> prop that explodes in the most Simpsons-esque, like, it hits and then explodes kind of fucking yeah, moment I've exactly. ever seen in my life. It's fantastic. Something bumps into it and it just explodes into, <laughs> into a fiery inferno. The bad guy... Like he was partially sent up the message and all he got was like the last starfighter and like the, the bad guy Zur, Zur yeah. in the infinite hubris of a villain in a space opera movie assumes that he means like the last starfighter is dead and we should engage obviously hundred percent. Right. Like let's <laughs> commit to the attack now. So, you know, obviously either way, Alex and Greg make it behind the ship now and they start their attack from behind phrasing, no subtext whatsoever. Going on here. <laughs> Uh, um, the aliens realize there's at least one last ship out there and the alien forces turn on the guy with the weird sex toy before firing the gun on the gun star for some reason like they have him like captured or whatever as he's waving this dildo thing around a little little insurrection sort of thing and they 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 yeah because there's a scene earlier that i kind of glossed over where like he's in there yelling at the two ship commanders and like he leaves and they're like when the fuck's this guy out of here because fuck this guy i don't like this guy at all (laughs) So yeah, the it, ship the ship is manned by like wrinkled dick skin aliens and Zur is kind of humany. Oh, they're like they're shitty really off. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they're different kinds of aliens from who Zur is, obviously, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Either way, they hate him, which I mean <laughs> Jesus Christ, you steal right out of Star Wars, right? Where your ship command team fucking hates the dragon guy. <laughs> like, all right. Oh, <laughs> uh, either way. Gotta have that in there. The gunstar cripples the command ship. As the main bad douche with the sex toy escapes from his now captors. Yeah, he smashes one of those dudes with that fucking weird sex toy mace. And like, that's another one of those visuals where like the dudes like weird slimy eyes on stalks are wiggling around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because the mask comes off or whatever. Right. And he's got that weird fucking face. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That prop's not holding together real well when he hits people with it either. Like you can see it kind of (laughs) like, oh, shit. Like, don't hit that artist paper mache. (laughs) It's just plastic. Yeah, basically, that's basically what, like, he's, that'd be heavy, it looks like he's just huffing around. (laughs) The Gunstar cripples the comm ship, so that's great. Alex and Grig discuss using Death Blossom before their run on the Armada. They eventually decided that the plan is going to be to do that, and they just got to get close. So there's, like, a tense, quasi-tense scene where, like, they're getting swarmed, and then he hits the the Death Blossom, and, of course, right before they use it, Grig's like, it might work or it might blow the ship up, because you have to have that line in there. (laughs) Like, it absolutely has to be there. And they do the Death Blossom, and it's dope. It looks like a video game final attack from, like, our type. It's pretty fucking badass. That's pretty cool. Starts, like, spinning around on all axes and just blasting off in all fucking directions. That was kind of neat and stuff, and, like, they're successful. And that's it, basically. Like, the movie's over. No, I'm just kidding. It is a little (laughs) anticlimactic. I feel like this is a little bit anticlimactic in terms of, like, your uh, kind of finale, like, big thing because like right now then they just go back after the ship like they're they avoid getting like ramming speed well there's the little yeah there's the little like tense moment where they're like oh my god our power's out yeah and then the leftover aliens are just like we're just gonna we're gonna ram them kind of thing then they basically tap off the bottom twice and then they're <laughs> gone you know what i mean like they're fine and yeah. these guys run into the smallest moon i've ever seen in my life it's just fucking suicide into yeah, a moon just kill themselves into a moon for fucking no reason <laughs> probably because like as i assumed based on perspective that moon must be fucking way further away than it really was <laughs> and they just suddenly ram it like oh shit it was there i didn't realize it was that exactly. close it smallest like, moon ever it looked like it was still thousands of miles away <laughs> it's the smallest fucking moon i've ever seen <laughs> Either way, that just made me laugh. That shot made me laugh. 
so yeah, so now like everything's great. The comms ship has been destroyed. Greg restores power, so they do uh, like well because they kind of do a little run and cripple the ship, which sends it careening into the the moon. I guess yeah, right. They don't have control, and so that's why they're yeah. already just on this collision course with the moon. So cool. We get to go now. We get to go down to a reshoot bit where we're going to do the Star Wars award ceremony, except not really do the Star Wars award ceremony because nobody's getting medals. We're just going to go down in front of a crowd and everybody's going to clap for Alex. He's fucking badass and shit, right? Yeah, that's basically what happens and here. Great. Greg's pretty yeah, bad. Greg's pretty cool too. Uh, that make, he's who was the actor? I should have looked that guy. Dan, Dan O'Hurley is that yeah. who plays Greg? Yeah, who's like a big character actor from yeah. the, uh, like fifties and sixties. He was Irish man as well, I believe. Yeah, but yeah. Hence the accent that he has in this movie. What works out quite nicely. Either way, yeah, we we find out Centauri is not dead because it's a Disney movie and he just reappears. This is a last minute change. Apparently they would, they had killed him in the movie. And then they kind of came back and we did this in reshoots. Oh, so nice. it's kind of nice or weird or whatever. Centauri gives a speech to Alex and tells him like he needs to stay. And they argue with him about staying. He realizes like, I really should stay because being a badass space jockey and training a, a new generation of badass space jockeys is a lot better than living in a fucking trailer park doing yeah. television maintenance for old ladies that I, <laughs> I'm just going to end up watching die. So yeah. I'm going to do that. But can I go get my hot, hot girlfriend first? And they're like, <laughs> we're yeah. we can have a bunch of fucking SpaceX. Yeah, absolutely. Like zero G let's do this thing. Yeah. Come on kids. So like, yeah, he's, and, the, and they're like, yeah, okay. You want to bring your 18 year old girlfriend up here? Sure. She's going <laughs> to fucking freak out when she starts seeing some of the weird shit that happens in space. It's actually a plot point in Invincible and a couple of like, in like w- way down the road where they like move off Earth and stuff. And it's like everybody's got to deal with like alien shit. It's kind yeah. of fun. Either way, that's so that's what my mind went to initially. It was like that girl's going to have a lot of interesting conversations <laughs> with these alien people while he's off doing Starfighter shit. And she's just like, what, living in town? You know? Yeah, just hanging out. What's her day-to-day life going to be like? She's going to go shopping at the local like alien food store. She has to check everything to make sure it doesn't kill her because it could be yeah, toxic. You know, exactly. crazy. Anyway, lots of fun. So Alex and Greg go back to Earth because he wants to go say goodbye. They it's weird like though like we got to rush this like they got to stay off the radar. I thought we destroyed yeah, and killed exactly. everybody. So I'm like what? Like Greg's like we gotta go. We gotta yeah. go. He's probably Why? just like these aliens fucking stink. You fucking goddamn <laughs> walking apes smell like dog shit. Get away from exactly. me. Exactly. Get me off this fucking planet. I fucking hate this planet. This like, especially because <laughs> it would be a massively backwards planet to a guy who's living basically in like Starfleet land, right? Like. The Star League is very advanced and he comes to Earth. He's probably like, oh, this mud pit with these fucking walking apes. Get these people away from me. So we flip back to Maggie, who hears Alex's mom yelling for him. And then, like, she kind of sadly walks over to them and tries to explain what's going on. But, like, D-Bag with the truck is there. and She's like, it's not really him. But then the ship starts to land and yeah. kind of explains everything anyway. Yeah, because the arcade machine turns back on and everyone wants to know where Alex is and Maggie starts to explain as the Gunstar basically hits Atmo and lands. Uh, Alex comes out and talks to everyone. Maggie's grandmother fucking pulls a shotgun on them. Yeah. And then pulls it again on Grig when she pops out of the ship. She's, <laughs> I think Granny's a little racist, Meg. You know what I mean? She's not happy uh, either way. They do the celebration thing and like Grig kind of explains to everybody that Alex is now like an intergalactic fucking rock star or whatever the fuck. Yep. Saved, saved, the saved the entire saved alliance the universe or, star or, whatever. or whatever, plus including Earth. Yeah, so that's great. And they're like, he's got to go back because like that's his calling is to be this last Starfighter guy. And, and he really. Sequel. Yeah, it's supposed to be a sequel. It's obviously a sequel hook because the sequel hook is even better when his brother goes to the machine at the end. And yeah. it's like, I'm going to be the next one. You know what I mean? I'm getting out there too because fuck this trailer park. 
look at the hot girlfriend my brother got for killing aliens. I'm going. Let's do yeah, it. Exactly. It's a good example to give your little brother. Not really. Either way, the, of course, the girlfriend, Maggie, has to hem and haw because you can't do this scene without her. You know, I'm not going to go. I can't leave my granny alone on Earth. Yeah. And we got to do the hem and haw scene. And he leaves dejectedly. And she goes to talk to granny. And granny's like, just go. Just fucking go. What are you doing? This You live in a trailer park with me. Just yeah, right. Get the fuck out of here. Or whatever. Or don't. Nobody cares. Just go. So, yeah. That's basically what happened. She gets on the little elevator into the Gunstar. I'll get it right once for this yep, podcast. And they take off together. And everybody waves them off. And Otis says how great Alex is and stuff. And then, uh, yeah, we watch the ship take off. And that's basically the end of the movie. As we watch Lewis walk up to the arcade machine to start his training. I'm going to get good. Yeah, so he wants to get good so that he can go be a starfighter and get a hot girlfriend, too. <laughs> get one of his Playboy models as sure. a girlfriend or something. Well, because they start talking about how famous he's going to be on Earth, and I'm like, are they going to? Are people going to believe? First of all, this is the beginning of a lot of UFO stories where a bunch of people people at a trailer park see a fucking <laughs> UFO, and nobody fucking believes. Nobody's going to believe them. Yeah. They kidnapped a couple of our kids. No, they didn't. They just fucking moved to Vegas. You two idiots. You know what I mean? Like those kids, they're 18. They took off. That's what actually happened. No, we saw a UFO. I'm like, yeah, this is the start <laughs> of like nine. Like the next scene is the fucking Mulder and Scully driving up. Basically, you know what I mean? Like, okay, all right. Or the men, or the men in black that come in and yeah, fucking sure. flash them off. Flash everybody, sure, yeah. absolutely. But either or works, right? But you just have like, yeah. well, just, just get fucking David Duchovny truck up and be like, so somebody saw an alien? <laughs> like, yeah. What? All right. So that's the end of the movie, though. Yay, credits. And roll credits. During which we get like one of my favorite fucking parts of this movie, which I'm just going to start off with, which is the score, the score, this goddamn fucking score. Holy fucking shit. I love this score. Yeah, it uh, really makes this movie a lot better than it actually is. It it elevates it a lot. This is one of those situations where Craig Safan, the composer, did not need to go this hard, but he absolutely fucking did. I think he did. I think you're doing a space opera in this era. You've just had John Williams and James Horner smash you in the fucking face with the stuff that they did for Star Wars and Star Trek recently. Yeah. Like it's time you have to go hard when you're doing something like this. And he fucking brought it. Like good yeah. for him. It's a big part of it. The best part too is like in some of the more incidental scenes, you can hear his day job bleeding through because there's music from Cheers playing. Because that's what he did <laughs> yeah. also was like he was one of the part-time composers for Cheers. So, like, there's little, like, light motifs and stuff, and I'm like, is that from fucking Cheers? (laughs) And it was from Cheers. I had to look at them up. So, yeah, no, the score is excellent. I was surprised. I mean, I would put that main fanfare up against, like, the main Star Wars fanfare or the theme to, like, Star Trek TNG any fucking day of the week. And I think that they're, you know, comparable in quality if you just took them kind of isolated on their own. Tim's on crack, everybody. I just want everybody to know (laughs) what he just said out loud. So, I didn't even know your diehard religious, like, devotion to Star Wars would allow you to say that about. <laughs> Are they not coming for you right now? Do I hear Star Wars police behind you? Is I'll that what that right. is? Are you I'll sure? You're going to be called a fucking run now from your uh, Lucasfilm right. buddies. <laughs> no, I just, it, it fucking, like you said, it, it fucking elevates this movie totally. It, it makes it so much more watchable because it just brings up the the overall mood of it it makes it feel yeah. a lot more epic than it would otherwise oh yeah because when you really look at this it's not like it's a bunch of it, the sets are nice but they're not like amazing or anything like that like nothing's like fantastic yeah. it's just yeah it's held together by like the charm of the actors yeah 
the score and some pretty impressive for the time special effects, I'll say. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I would absolutely agree. The earnestness of the performances is one of the things that really sells this movie for me. And apart from the score, like makes me buy into it a lot more than I would otherwise. Yeah, it's also one of the things that kind of makes me just like it makes me cringe a little bit. Like it's so normy almost like the whole, whole <laughs> town or like the whole community coming together for the video game and stuff. I'm like, all right. Oh, yeah. It's a little yeah. like Disney after school special kind of cringe. It is. It is. So, but I mean, but Lance Guest does a, a good job in like his dual role as Alex and Beta. Yeah, yeah, he puts a lot of work in. He does. Yeah. And he's like really he's actually the funniest part of this movie is him as Beta, probably like yeah. the, the interactions like between. Especially the point where it's like him and like Lewis and that kind of stuff. Like that's the actual comedy. The only actual comedy that lands in this movie is like the the robot shit with Beta. So, yeah. And I guess a little bit of like the Alex interacting with aliens and shit like that, too. There's a a little bit of humor there. Maybe it's just that guy. Maybe he's just good at that kind of stuff. Like he's good at fish out of water. He's doing like fish out of water stuff on both. Basically, his whole role is fish out of water stuff. And he's doing it all right. So, Yeah. yeah. And this is like the only fucking thing that Lance Guest is known for is is this movie. I mean, he's been in other stuff, but which is kind of surprising. Like he's a, I don't know, he's okay in this. He's a good-looking kid, so like he's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was in he was in like a Jaws sequel and some other. Well, that's like, yeah, that'll kill your career real fucking fast. Saying yes to that kind of garbage. So yeah, I mean, he did. He actually was on X Files. Well, there you go. In Fearful Symmetry. Oh, that's actually not a bad episode. So. Yeah. Cool. Right. Yeah. So I, I mean, he he's good. Robert Preston. I knew. Actually, I don't know if I knew him from Music Man before this, or if I saw Music Man after this. Well, I definitely saw it after this, but like, obviously, he's very famous for that. And like, Robert yeah. Preston is known for the Music Man role, and like, this is one of those like, it's almost like an Orson Welles. He does did Transformers right before he died, kind of scenarios mm-hmm. where like he they. This was one of the last the last movie that Robert Preston did anyways. Yeah. So like from great heights, you know, like the how the mighty have fallen kind of moments for him a little bit, because like that music man was very popular and stuff. And this but he is doesn't a little fucking more... phone it in by any stretch. Like he he fucking gives her all the energy that comes out of this movie is from him for the most part. Like everybody yeah. else is because like again, Alex is doing a lot of like fish out of water, like stunned open mouth kind of shit, which doesn't, you know, have a lot of energy to move the plot forward. And then everybody else is either like stuck in a trailer park or slathered in 14 pounds of makeup. So yeah. it's basically Robert Preston, like doing the heavy lifting to kind of keep yeah. the movie moving along and be, have some energy to it. So, although I will say Dan O'Hurley, he does an excellent job of acting through all of that fucking makeup. Oh. With Greg, for sure. Yeah. He's, he, he does God's work there. Yeah. That, that, yeah. I can't imagine that makeup was easy to get through in like, especially with the technology they were using no. in 83 to do well, that. Just latex. Like his eyes always look really bloodshot and it's hard for me to know if that was like, contacts or something or if that was just the fucking makeup or he, could be that he was yeah. stuck in that fucking makeup for 18 hours a day and he was just blazing <laughs> only, high. only way you could deal with it is by being fucking high as shit i'm claustrophobic enough that i'm pretty sure if you put me in that kind of makeup i'd have to be fucking big to, like <laughs> not rip it right off my face honestly the if you hear a lot of those like hollywood horror stories about you know latex. about makeup applications yeah. and people having bad reactions to latex it could just be that you know he was that he was getting shit in his eyes and it was fucking irritating them or something like that too Absolutely. Absolutely. In which case, even more fucking power to him if that was the case. Yeah, lots of stories in sci-fi about people like that. Actually, like from the beginning, right? Like you're like the dude who had to get replaced on fucking Wizard of Oz because the the shit was killing him or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ray, Ray Bulger, yeah. Yeah. So, and then like, I, and I feel like Greg had a few like little touches that I noticed on this watch through that I've never really noticed before that kind of sold his character for me. Like when Alex tries to shake his hand. 
and he's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, he looks at perfect, it, yeah. right? Like an yeah. alien's like, why the fuck are you extending your appendage towards me? I don't yeah. know this custom. Yeah. Kind of thing. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate those little, those little touches. It's little things for like world building, right? Where yeah. like it makes it a little bit more plausible that they have those moments in here where like, yeah, you like that's a very earth custom to extend and, you know, shake hands because mm-hmm. our hands are shaped a way that it works properly for that. Yeah. Aliens may not have that. So like, it becomes almost like a, I don't know, it's one of those things you see in a lot of the sci-fi where, like, that's a, a thing. It's part of the Star Trek mythos a lot, like, where they have certain customs that we do that, you know, that's part yeah. of First Contact is getting to know those customs, right? So Speaking of which, did you realize Maggie's granny was one of the Talosian keepers from the cage? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a lot of Star Trek in here, like I said, right? Like, like with Mark Alimo, Will Wheaton, some of the special effects guys were guys that ended up working for ILM. And that makes sense. Yeah. Some of the effects companies that ended up working on Trek later on, like I saw some names and I was like, oh, I recognize that name as like a compositor or something like that from having rewatched TNG 700,000 times in my life, so... Yeah. And then, I mean, we already talked about Catherine Mary Stewart. She's super fucking cute and charming in this movie, but in a very decidedly 80s kind of way, like yeah. with the curly hair and the big eyebrows and everything. Yeah. And I mean, she's really got like that girl next door charm down. Yeah. And you, like you can feel her attraction, affection for for Alex. They have uh, pretty good chemistry, actually, yeah. considering like most of these, like you, you can usually tell in a movie like this when these people have met five minutes before their first scene and they don't get along and you can tell in the movie because it's a yeah. B movie. They don't have the time to kind of get over it. They obviously kind of they obviously clicked. I mean, I, if I was him, I'd be like so fucking smitten. I wouldn't know what to do with myself at that point. So it would be easy for me to get along with her. The inverse, maybe not so much. So who knows? Yeah. But if he wasn't a complete putz and like, you know, <laughs> fucking paraprofessionals on a set they all, like i said they they click quite nicely for me she's not given a ton to do she just kind of follows yeah. everybody around but that's pretty atypical yeah, you know, you're gonna exactly. add a woman to the plot it's just gonna be like to be the boyfriend's girlfriend Love basically it. yeah which yeah. is disappointing but it is you know 1983 so yeah mainly just because i'd like to see more of her so yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> in more ways than one yeah and you're saying, you know, the CGI is one of the things or the effects overall are one of the things that sells the movie pretty well. I absolutely agree there. I think Castle and the other filmmakers mostly understood the limitations of the technology that they had to work with. And that's what I'm always looking for in effects is not necessarily like, can you do like amazing fucking mind blowing things? But it's just like, can you use the effects in service of the story? But to the point where they don't become distracting. And I feel yeah. like that is what they do pretty well here about 80% of the time they work pretty well within the constraints of what they have to work with. There's sometimes where they overextend themselves kind of like, especially where they're that fucking asteroid scene and like the planet, like the terrain on Rylos that mm-hmm. the, the base or whatever is on like the side of that mountain kind of thing that is fucking janky. looks like some PlayStation one shit is what it looks yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Which like, again, baffling for 1983 that I'm saying like, it looks like some PlayStation one shit. <laughs> And that it was real time graphics from 1995. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like it's 10 years later or whatever. So yeah. yeah, it's crazy. And and all the CGI looks very has that like smooth and shiny look that early CGI always had. But they made that work within the aesthetic of the movie. The only thing that we get to see that's kind of both in live action and in the CGI is Centauri's ship car. And yeah. they do a pretty good job of rendering the CGI version of that to look very similar to the the physical version of it. 
I would love to see like just kind of what fucking software they were using to build this shit because like it must be awful. Like it just must have been the worst <laughs> shit ever. Fucking they they fucking programmed it in Fortran apparently. Oh my god! Because it was the only language at that time that could do vectorization. Oh my god! That's basically assembly. Like you may as well just do that by hand. Like just you're coding <laughs> you're coding vertices by fucking hand and polygon coordinate. I think with F trans right and. Average of 250,000 polygons and a resolution of 3,000 by 5,000 pixels. 36-bit with 36 colors available. That's not bad, actually. Like, that resolution is, like, that's, like... Sorry, 36-bit pixels, yeah. What did you say the resolution? 3,000 by 5,000? 3,000 by 5,000, which is why it holds up pretty well. Yeah, Yeah, that's 4K. Like, that's just a little bit higher than 4K's actual, like, dimensions are, because that's uh, 3840 by 2160. Yeah. is 4k screens now so yeah. the only time this is going to start looking bad is when you get that 8k screen and try and blow up the 1080 that's going to look rough well even then they can run it through an ai filter AI, or whatever yeah. machine DLSS. To, uh, yeah to deep learning up, super sampling up, up just get that in there nvidia technology just put it everywhere makes everything yeah. look pretty go to town but yeah uh you know the cgi like surprisingly holds up quite nicely i was uh the art direction again like that's kind of what holds it together more than anything like everything looks like it was designed quite well there's only a couple ships where i was like that looks like dog shit when i sat there um yeah, the, the little dogfighty ships on the yeah the uh, bad guy side you yeah know, kind, of, kind of garbage and even the big command ship looks a little janky kind of like yeah. rickety kind of thing well, it's just, maybe it's just because i'm used to capital ships from like star wars star trek but and like which are big, bulky beasts, not these kind of like big, Battle long, Star, spindly yeah. kind of things. Yeah, so. yeah. So this is a little, this might be more realistic to like actual space travel, but like it's not as cool, I guess. I don't know. So that yeah. ship was a little weird, but everything else, like the Starfighter's interesting. Obviously, like very like gun stars, gun star, whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, the gun stars look. I mean, there's so much X-wing design in the gun stars, right? Like they, well, they like have that X-wing same configuration and, and some like Macross too, though. You know what I mean? Like there's definitely some <laughs> like Japanese influence to the design of it. Like it's got a kind of anime influence design. Yeah, maybe like a Robotech kind of thing. That's what, yeah, like Macross or like yeah, yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah, absolutely. So I think those are the same thing. I think Macross is just like Robotech is just Macross in the states. Is that how it works? We're oh. saying we're ta- are we talking about the same thing? Just using different names? Yeah, I guess. I, <laughs> I, guess. I wasn't. I wasn't big into that shit. I just had. To, like, I watched I had it when I was a kid, but like Robotech I, toys when I was a kid. It was just one of those things where like the design language influenced me, right? Because like it was giant robots, kind of styled like Transformers. So like it's one of those things where I pull right. from still. So right. yeah, I don't know. Either way, and I feel like overall this is a decently. I would say it's at the very least a competently directed and paced movie. You know, it's it's nothing mind blowing in terms of direction, but neither is fucking Star Wars. You know, no, for comparison. no. The only problem is that it's super derivative of Star Wars. Is that's where yeah. it kind of like it, it holds itself back a little bit. But I mean, what are you gonna do? Okay, I was right. Robotech is Macross. They are the same thing. So I'm oh, okay. not going insane. Woo. I thought All I was losing go. my mind. Uh, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's totally aping Star Wars to a large extent. I feel like this is one of the most lucas spielberg movies that didn't involve lucas spielberg yeah it's it's got <laughs> all the like ingredients and flavor that you would want you would expect from a spielberg it's just it's mixed in a way that it's not what yeah. it's not as satisfying it, I, as what you would expect from those guys i guess like i feel like I and i think it's just that finale where it, like the the last space does feels a little, a little like flat, anticlimactic yeah. it's a little flat which like is a thing lucas and spielberg would 
never allow. <laughs> yeah. Like, so. But I mean, just in terms of even story, Alex is a kid from a rural area on a, you know, remote rim world in this country, in this galaxy that ends up being the hero of a space war the leaders of the good guys and the bad guys are are father and son related to each other Tim, this is a hundred percent a studio exec going like i want to make star wars but i don't want them to all be fucking weird aliens i want the lead <laughs> to be a real red-blooded american boy like that's oh, yeah. i guarantee that's what the note was right so like yeah. how do we squeeze a human from our time into star wars and this, and the, the only way to do it would be the video game thing that they did. It was fucking really, whoever thought about it did a good job doing what they did. This is such an American movie. You know, he the whole, asked, like, yeah. even if you're born poor, you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps. 100 if, if you just, if you're good enough at something and you, you know, practice and work really hard and you can join the army and you can be a war hero. And oh, it shows yeah. this, like, idyllic, super white life living in an RV park in fucking bumfuck California. Yeah. And everybody's happy and you have a hot girlfriend, regardless, in spite of the fact that you live <laughs> yeah. in a shitty fucking trailer park and stuff like that yeah, exactly yeah no absolutely it's like whereas in reality all these fucking people are like meth heads and shit absolutely absolutely <laughs> or addicted to fucking like oxycontin or shit yeah yeah <laughs> well it's just funny because like it's it's almost prescient in terms of like using video games as a recruiting tool for the military because now they use like cod and battlefield and stuff like that and like if you yeah. like this stuff join the you know the real thing and it's like yeah. oh that's Man, I just want to fucking. Like that. <laughs> I just want to shoot terrorists in my afternoon on my Xbox. I don't want to go do it for real. Yeah. Maybe when I was eighteen, I would have thought about it, but not now. That's the problem, right? Like when you're eighteen, you might think about it and go fucking do it, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. We all saw Falcon and Winter Soldier. You don't want to be a fucking soldier. It doesn't work. No, don't be. Don't be John Walker. Nope. I think that was kind of all the all the good stuff I had. I mean, is there anything else you want to praise about this movie before we gripe a bit? I didn't have a ton to gripe about. I think I've said most of my like real complaints, but like, yeah, me too. What do I really like? I liked the two leads quite a bit. Uh, Robert Preston's fun in like, he's just doing that shtick, which I don't yeah. mind. I do like the guy who played Greg. He was quite good. Uh, especially yeah, like, acting to that fucking makeup must've been a chore. Mm. I didn't hate the little brother, which is saying something. Cause usually kid actors, I'm like, uh, dodgy. He did get on my nerves. That was one of my gripes is fucking Lewis. He's, o- he's, he's over the top about 50% of the time for me. Yeah. He's uh, like at the end, he was a little bit too much, but he's excited. So I can kind of dig it. But like mm-hmm. his introductory scene where he's walking around in his fucking helmet, shooting people with his dark gun. I was that laughing I like. at yeah. it's like that. I was kind of chuckling that. So I'm fine with that. Other than that, like it is, it's like, it's by the numbers, but it's so fun. Like I kind of can forgive a lot of it. It's just a fucking know? like popcorn movie, right? Like it's a, it's a nice little digestible fucking hour and a half, you know, 90 minute, hundred minute kind of. You know what it feels like to me? We've watched this movie on the podcast, so I can reference it without going nuts. Last Navigator. Last Darf. La- yeah. yeah. Or the, yeah. the whatever. The, Flight, the, of the Flight, Flight of the Navigator. Absolutely. Flight of the Navigator. Flight yeah. of the Navigator. They have the same feeling. Which is another of the ones that I made you watch, because that was yeah. another of my like childhood comfort food movies. I think that was when we did the Disney Plus. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah, you, maybe, you made us watch that. Paul made us watch Wizard of or, uh, Return, Return of Oz. Oz. Yeah. That was a weird episode, man. That's some tonal whiplash with that episode. <laughs> yeah, for sure. By the time I watched like Return to Oz, I'm sitting there watching Flight of the Navigator in like a really dark mindset. So everything became like super fucking grim in that movie. Whereas <laughs> it's really not. But like in my head, I was like, why is this so dark? And I was like, oh, because I just watched Return to Oz, which is the dour shit ever. <laughs> like just ever. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. 
anyway uh no this movie like it's fun i wouldn't like i'm not fucking recommending it to anybody what i am recommending is somebody fucking rejig this and remake it please because like it is like this would be the best version of ready player one you know what i mean yeah like that (laughs) movie's fucking terrible and that book's fucking terrible (laughs) and this is just that but done properly and especially with modern gaming culture the way it is dear god man this is almost like begging to be remade right like that's i don't know that's the weird thing to be the most positive about that like yeah, the movie's fine for something that was made in 1983, but just remake it because, like, take some of the hoke out of it, like a little bit of the narm out, and mm-hmm. like add a little bit more gravitas. And obviously, you got to replace Robert Preston because he's no longer with us. And yeah, <laughs> you probably got to put somebody like that. People, like, you got to put an Ian McShane or somebody with some real gravitas in there, not showman gravitas, probably now, but yeah, still do it. And it would work perfectly, I think. Like, I think this would be the kind of thing where you could get those three movies out of it where, like, in the last one, Alex dies and has to be replaced by his brother who's just come up for the first time or whatever, or they got to fly together. It'd be a ton of fun. You could do tons of stuff with this universe. So, when I know we've mentioned on the podcast, like, this is one of those movies where there has, you know, been chatter a couple of times a year about a potential remake. And sometimes we'll see, like, a little bit of concept art or something like that that's been popped up and that kind of thing. So I agree. I think that this this is definitely a world that I think that they could go back to and do some cool shit. And whether it is a full on fucking reboot or whether it's, you know, a latter day sequel kind of thing. I would love to take just even just the art design they have now and like modernize it for like now kind of thing, like contemporize it a little bit. Uh, Some of this stuff holds up really nicely and what doesn't you just pitch and, you know, replace with, sci-fi stuff more sci-fi stuff yeah well i mean look at fucking battle look at you know the 2005 Battlestar series right much like so. that, that's, that. that's exactly what's in my head is like yeah. kind of going in that direction a little bit a little bit more all right well let's finish up our review of the last starfighter so uh give this a rating and a 10 in your final thoughts mark oh boy i would give this a 7.5 out of 10 maybe an 8 kind of thing it's one of those like it doesn't really hold together as well as it you want it to, but it's still a fun ride. And like, if you kind of go in there with like, I'm gonna see some schlocky kind of like B movie shit, mm-hmm. then you're you're gonna be fine, right? Like, if you know what you're getting into, kind of thing. You went in like fucking dry with this, they'd be like, Jesus, what is <laughs> this? Yeah. What is this Disney Channel horse shit? <laughs> and then you'd be really surprised when the dude's head melts and stuff because it's just like mood whiplash in spots. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, overall, yeah, like, I think it falls into a nice like seven point five eight for me. Like it's a it's a good sci fi, like family romp kind of thing, and it just fucking screams to be remade now so badly. Like, let's do this. Get fucking remake <laughs> it. Hire me to do the fucking design on it because I I have ideas about those ships. <laughs> so let's go. But yeah, uh, I don't think I have anything else to say about it. It's just it's a fun <laughs> movie and. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Last Starfighter is like a nine out of ten movie for me. Nostalgia carries me a long way, despite the fact that some of the effects haven't aged well. But besides that, the great, like, really good performances overall, great makeup effects, and that fucking fantastic score, just like that's really carries me. And it's just a really fucking fun ride overall that I think earns its position as sort of a cult classic sci-fi movie. Fair. I feel like this is something every sci-fi fan should see at some point because it definitely does apes liberally from what came before it, but it also definitely informs some stuff that came after it as well. It's a weird piece too. If you're looking at it from like, like I think we kind of talked a little bit about like, yeah, like a film history or like, especially like the history of like genre film, like post star Wars, like that, like the 10 years after star Wars sci-fi was just like the wild fucking West. And this is one of those movies that kind of like benefited from that. 
a little yeah, bit. Because people were just like, hey, fucking Star Wars made shit tons of money. Just so a fuck let's, let's fucking throw a bunch of money at anything that looks even remotely right? like Star Wars. Yeah, and like it was pr- like the proof was in the pudding when like the motion picture did like that much business and was the most boring movie of all time. What, you know what oh, I mean? Star Trek. Like Star picture? Trek, yeah. Because yeah. it came out and made a ton of money too, even though it was like the dullest. It's like watching <laughs> fucking paint dry for yeah. big sections of it. Especially the fucking extended like directors. And I fucking love that movie. Like I'm, I'm a fucking apologist for that movie, but even all of it, like holy shit, this thing drags like crazy. <laughs> so. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to our final segment, which is Geek Cred, where we just recommend something for you to check out that we think you might enjoy. Mark, what's your Geek Cred for this week? Honestly, go watch. You know what? I don't. I didn't really have one because I was like, I haven't really. I've been working all week. I, I went from editing last week's podcast into like three giant projects, and I've had no time to myself. And the only other thing I could recommend is go buy yourself an Xbox Series X with Game Pass and download a bunch of shit to play. But like, apparently, I'm the only person in Canada who was able to get fucking next gen systems. So don't. <laughs> I guess whatever. Man, what should I recommend? What was I going to recommend? Oh, you know what? Either watch the last Starfighter or watch. Go find some like like seventies, eighties sci fi and just kind of like exist in real sets and stuff. Like I went and watched the motion picture again after I watched Last Starfighter this week. Don't don't watch original Battlestar. No, don't go into that kind of shit. But like, <laughs> what? I mean, if you can find the uncut Star Wars, watch that shit. Like I've got copies of it, so you know that. But like that set, like just real special effects kind of thing. I was just in that. Mm-hmm. After watching this, I was just in the mood for like practical like i can touch the set kind of special effects and like so i was looking yeah. at the motion picture and i was looking at uh 2001 a space odyssey and stuff like that oh, yeah. the last couple just because i'm in like in this weird mood where i want to see like people actually interacting with shit it was because i watched some star wars stuff and i was like look at them on cg sets and they're not touching anything and just, i find it very frustrating <laughs> to look at it and then it's like oh I remember what it's like when they actually interact with things for real and it's like physical and it looks better. So they did that more in the sequel trilogy, but then they got away from it again, kind of in Mandalorian with the big, uh, the big led screen. Yeah. He still had the practical stuff on there, but yeah, there was a little bit too much green screeny stuff. I mean, obviously COVID had like effects on production and stuff. So I'm not shitting on that technology. I think it's amazing, but it's still just like, there's something about that, like late seventies, early eighties kind of feel of sci-fi that like it's gone now because it, it mostly relied on the fact that, everything was being made to be produced in camera and they don't do that anymore like half the, like the fucking avengers weren't wearing those uniforms in endgame you know what i mean they're wearing like <laughs> green body stockings that they replaced in cgi later it's baffling the technology they use now to do this shit so it's like none of this shit even really exists anymore like so it's nice to go back to an era when like yeah they actually have to build that proton pack yeah build that mm-hmm. phaser build that x-wing and you can tell that it's a real physical object and i just kind of like the feeling of that in the movie so go find something old that has that gives you that feeling and watch that the way I did after I watched last Starfighter, I went and watched other stuff. <laughs> nice. My geek here for this week. I'm going to recommend that people come and check out my music stream this, this Friday night, as you're listening to this May 28th is my 40th birthday. And I'm going to be playing all five of my all time favorite albums from front to back, just so that people can come hang out. The information is all on our uh, Facebook page, but it's uh, mixler.com slash F-I-D-U-C-H as well. And there's an event link and everything there for it. But yeah, so it'll be Radiohead OK Computer, Arcade Fire Funeral. Uh, fuck, what's my number three? Weezer Blue Album's in there somewhere, I think. No, Weezer, Weezer oh, was Pinkerton. my number six, because Pinkerton was number one. Yeah. Uh, oh, and then it was the Smile Sessions, like the, the remastered version of Smile from oh, the Beach Boys. Is, is there a Daft Punk record in there? And then Daft Punk Random Access Memories, yeah. number two. All right. So. <laughs> I'll be there for most of it. 
<laughs> and then I'm off all fucking that whole week week anyway. So like I'll stay up and keep playing shit if there are people around. So yeah, so that'll be again Friday, May 28th, starting at eight o'clock Eastern. Nice. All right. So with that, we can finish off this episode. Thank you very much, folks, for listening. Uh, If you have anything to say about anything we talked about tonight, Last Starfighter, any of the news we covered, you can talk to us on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast. You can hit us up on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast. Uh, You can email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. And if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, you can do so on Google, Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, or any other place that most other places that podcasts can be found. So with that, say goodnight, Mark. Good night, everybody. And this is Tim saying, we are recruiting you to defend the Star League against Zur and the Kodan Armada. Get good at video games and maybe you can be a war hero. I don't, I have nothing at this point. Like I, I have nothing to say. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week, folks. Yeah, guys. Have a good one.